0: In episode three of the Just Saying podcast, we talk about a reaction to NFL Week Three, the roller coaster in the NFC East, and a bottomed out Chiefs. Then we segue into an NBA season preview. Episode three Here We Go. Welcome to episode three of the Just Saying podcast. Uh, today is Wednesday, September 29th, and uh, we are going to start off by talking about the NFC East. Actually, um, you didn't probably didn't think uh, a couple months ago that podcast would be starting off with some NFC East talk, but that uh, Monday Night Football game was uh, it was actually really really important for the division landscape. That was an early tiebreaker uh, between the Eagles and the Cowboys, and uh, I guess I'm just going to start off by posing the question. Um, are the Cowboys actually a good team, or, uh, you know, is this is this a trap to start believing that, uh, that, I mean, obviously the offense is good, but start believing the defense is actually good, too?
1: <clears throat> well, I think it's kind of hard to tell. I think Dak does a lot of the heavy lifting for that offense, especially. I think they have some key players on defense that also kind of do the same, but it is nice to see rookies like Micah Parsons getting going, especially since they moved his position to D-end. He's an animal. It, he's idea. been flourishing, so i mean i think they are i think i think i said a couple of weeks ago that it's their division um to you, lose. You did, yeah so i actually I was surprised to hear that true. i remember yeah.
0: i i was surprised to hear that i felt like that was kind of the the typical like the cowboys are clearly the best roster they're going to win this division and then of course we all know what happens with cowboys history um but yeah michael parsons did look great uh zeke was out there running like he wants another 50 million uh jerry jones might give him another 50 million after that game he actually did look really nice um I was pretty upset because I had Tony Pollard for the first touchdown, fifth or twenty to win three hundred two seventy five, and they gave it to Zeke at the goal line. That was pretty tough. Um, <laughs> <laughs> wait, so
1: do you actually believe in this Cowboys team, though? I don't know. I mean, so the the Eagles aren't necessarily a great team. I think that game was, if you look at the final score, you not think you wouldn't think it was a good game, but it was actually a pretty competitive game up until the end. Um, I don't really believe in Mike McCarthy. So I'm maybe sure. that makes me a non-believer in the Cowboys as a whole because yeah. it all starts with the coach, but, you know. That's true. And, and I guess
0: uh, to jump off that, talking a little bit about the the NFC East and, I guess, the landscape, I don't think we really know what we're going to get from Washington uh, in, the, in the following weeks. They're mixed bag. They're mixed sure. bag for sure. Their defense turns out not as good as uh, a lot of people thought. I think that they're, they're obviously struggling, and I think that will likely continue. Um, but I think something to – highlight right now is uh many of you know that uh carson wentz was obviously traded from the eagles and that the uh deal had a uh a clause in it with respect to carson wentz snap count and if uh the the uh colts were able to make the playoffs i believe was that it, it was like seven, think, 70 and 75 percent. I think it was something yeah like something like that but at any rate um currently at this point uh the eagles despite their uh their undeniable uh Mediocre situation. I would say that they're definitely not like a good team by any means. Uh, they're frisky though, and better than people thought. But they actually currently have uh, three top picks, uh, three top ten picks. I'm sorry, uh, if the league were to, or if the season were to end right now, because uh, Indianapolis traded them their first, and they currently have the third pick. And Miami traded them their first, and they currently have the sixth pick. And then the Eagles would have the tenth pick of their own. Um, so the Eagles are losing games, but they might be winning.
1: Yeah, so like you're saying, if everyone, if it consistently holds true with these teams continually losing, that's like franchise changing. because they would, can yeah. they have Jalen Hurts and um, what is it, Devonta Smith? Yep, who are looking like they're going to be a combo for a while. Do, do you believe in Jalen Hurts? Actually, I actually I've always liked him to be so, honest. Ever since Alabama when they benched him, which I've always liked
0: him too. But do you believe in him as a quarterback? Is I guess more the question because he seems like an awesome guy. But
1: I mean. I think it's kind of early to tell still. I think he's still really young. He's only in year two. So I think year three is kind of the indicator. I think he's done better than year one, which is a good sign. Yeah. Um, but I think year three will really kind of tell us what we're looking for. But yeah. if I, they get those picks, he might have another weapon and they might, or they might add to the defense, which probably they need to do for sure first thing. But I would say the obvious thing for a lot of Eagles fans is he
0: for sure needs to work on the arm strength. Um, yeah. And also I think just delivering the ball uh, – intermediate range across the middle of the field. Um, I think that there are a couple times where it seems like he, I don't know if it's like a fundamental thing or the way he steps into his passes, but he, he underthrew, was it Rager? I don't even remember who it was on the right side, but he underthrew the ball. It was, it's just horrible. I mean, he's a big guy. He should be able to step into his passes more than, more than he does.
1: Um, I guess just a little frustrating to see for Eagles fans. Um, I just think guys like that, like I think that's one of the downfalls of having a quarterback that's so dual threat is, oftentimes they rely way too heavy on their legs. And I think he's a case of that. I think, like, Lamar, you can kind of say the same thing, is we'll just go straight to legs, but... But he's also maybe the best running back in the NFL. Yeah. If he's a running back. You can't even really get mad at him for doing that. But, like... There are certain quarterbacks that they'll take off rather than like just kind of wait it out take a hit and throw it and that's where it kind of hurts the team so maybe that's kind of one of his things too as of right now but i think that'll come with experience and he'll learn to kind of sit there and maybe just take that shot as time goes on yeah so i I think we
0: look at the nfc east and we see cowboys Mm -hmm. they're they're playing good ball right now and it's looking up eagles a lot of question marks a lot of holes on the roster um i i don't think it's going to be that fun of a year to intently follow the eagles they have a tough one against the Chiefs coming up this weekend. Uh, the Chiefs are hungry for a win. Well, yeah, they need it. They need I, it bad. I don't know if I want to be the Eagles or Nick Sirianni on this Sunday. Um, and then you look at the Washington, and like we said, we're not really uh, kind sure of same what's, thing as, what's going on with yeah. them. And then you look at the Giants. and uh, Who are terrible. Let's see, let's see. This is reported by Pat Leonard on Twitter. When asked Joe Judge about his conservative punting from the 39, he says, I'm not afraid to go for it on fourth down. Considers it case by case. <laughs> I don't live in a world of fear. Joe Judge asked about how analytics factors into his fourth down decisions. Analytics is just a tool. You can look at a stat sheet all you want. I promise you, if Excel was going to win football games, Bill Gates would be killing it right now. But you've got to take those numbers as a tool and go ahead and factor in how your team's playing at the time and how the opponent is as well, and also just the flow of the game. You think he's ever watched Moneyball?: I. I don't, <laughs> do you think he's ever loaded Excel on his computer? No. <laughs> no, uh, probably not wait who was the uh, it's going to upset me that I don't remember who it was that said it uh, was it the GM or the owner was
1: like yeah we got a bunch of those computer guys on our on our uh, front oh, office I know exactly what you're talking about I think it must have been the owner right I, I don't even I remember but he was like we got a bunch of those computer guys <laughs> as he just absolutely throws all that out the window in the press conference <laughs> I forget
0: who it was but that, that, that's hilarious um, okay well let's actually transition and look at the undefeated teams uh, I have a question for you, Sam. So statistically, 75% of the teams that start 3-0 and make the playoffs. Now, we look at the 3-0 and teams right now. We have Raiders, Rams, Panthers, Broncos, and Cardinals. I want you to make your case for which team of those five miss, if
1: that statistic holds true, mm-hmm. or if all five make it. Oh, I think it would be really tough for all five to make it. Um, injuries do happen that kind of stuff does also occur. the elephant in the room for why uh, a lot of three of those teams can't make it right I mean the Chiefs, AFC West yeah, yeah the AFC, AFC West is packed with good teams I so in my opinion oh, it's just hard to choose between the Broncos or the Raiders I I think if I had to pick even though you don't you don't uh put Panthers in that you think the Panthers are sure-fire? Yeah, I mean, they're in the, I, their division's weaker, for sure. I, I'm not saying they're sure-fire. Okay. I think it'll come down... Um, but when you look at those options? I think I'm going with either the Raiders or the Broncos. It's hard to pick, but like you said, the Chiefs are hungry. The Chiefs have definitely the best offensive roster in that division. Mm-hmm. Chargers and are good, too. Chargers are really good. I like the Chargers. Um, but so I'd probably have to go with one of those two teams. I just don't think I can pick at this moment because I mean, it's only week three, the Broncos haven't really played any one of note yeah. and the Raiders, although they have beat like Pittsburgh, I'm putting air quotes right now, Pittsburgh and Ra- uh, the Ravens, which are supposed to be one of the two best teams or two of the two best teams in the league. I, they both have struggled against subpar teams. And so I don't really know what the Raiders are either. So I think a couple more weeks. I know we've been saying this over and over again, but a couple more weeks, and um, I'd be able to give you a more precise answer. It's cop out. You got to give me one. Uh, Broncos. All
0: right, I like that. Just I would, I would home, hometown. Broncos. Yeah, I would lean Broncos too. Yeah. Let's let's actually talk the uh, the Panthers and the Broncos because I think those are two pretty big surprise teams. Uh, once again, only three and zero. They've both played not great teams. Um, and
1: Panthers have played better teams, though.
0: Yeah, and nothing's really happened, so I think it's it maybe a little f- premature to even have this conversation, but let's look at them. Uh, so far, PFF states that the Broncos and Panthers have played the easiest and second-easiest schedules thus far, respectively. Oh, really? Yeah, Broncos being the easiest, Panthers being the second-easiest. Uh, when you look at it, the Broncos have played at the Giants, at the Jaguars, and home versus the Jets, uh, and the Panthers have played versus the Jets, versus the Saints, and at Houston. Uh, I would, get, I would say that, that Saints win is pretty solid for the Panthers. Um, but they didn't have their coaches. That's fair. That's fair. They did have Ian Book his substitutions. Um, but I, I actually want to look at this because specifically when you look at the Broncos and you start analyzing their situation in this division, uh, Vic Fangio is 0-4 and, and versus the Chiefs in his tenure, 1-3 uh, versus the Raiders, and now uh, he's 3-1 versus the Chargers. Mm-hmm. Um, granted, the Chargers would be the only team that had overturn at their head coach position, as well as a new quarterback. Um, so I would I would question the uh, uh, relevancy, I guess, of that stat. But I think it's important to note that it's a really really packed division and. You also got, you know, taken into consideration Teddy Bridgewater playing great football, but you know, do you trust him among the, you know, the great quarterbacks in the league?
1: I I would say I trust him, he's not explosive though. He's not going to give you the big shots downfield. He's just going to do his job, kind of throw those little out routes or in routes or whatever the case may be and just make good decisions, which inevitably will help you win games, but it's also like if you're in a, a shootout, it's not going to help you down the stretch in the the clutch time. So I like him though, personally. Okay. I don't know how you feel and about do you, him. And you like the Broncos? I do like the Broncos. Um, and I'm not really surprised that they're 3 0. Obviously, like you mentioned, they haven't played anyone necessarily too good. Um, they also are using a tactic that's been used for years and years, especially in the past, just riding on the back of your really good defense, mm-hmm. um, which Vic Fangio was actually a part of in 2018 with the Bears. Yep. Um, so I'm, I'm not surprised by it. I, I wouldn't. Be surprised if they got exposed by a better team later on in the season. Um, well, you mentioned that I actually wanted to segue into looking
0: at their schedule and maybe talking uh, how we, you know, okay. predict that this will this will all it. end. But we start uh, week four this upcoming week. The Broncos play uh, Baltimore at home. That
1: should be an interesting one because Baltimore, like I mentioned earlier, hasn't been playing too well. Like just had a down to the wire game with the Lions, which is kind of you know yeah. doesn't make you feel good about that win, but. So I'd actually probably side with the Ravens on that one. I don't know how you feel about it, but that's kind of just where my mind would be. I would agree. And then they play at Pittsburgh. I think that they
0: can win that game. That's a tough tough one. Then they play the Raiders at home, and then they play at Cleveland. Those are two. Raiders at home will be tough, but at least they'll be at home. And then I think those are two tough games. Cleveland's a tough team. And they play Washington at Dallas, home versus Philadelphia before the bye. And then it's Chargers at home at Kansas City, Detroit and Cincinnati at home, at Raiders, at Chargers, and versus Kansas City to end the season. And, you know, when I look at them and their schedule, I think that there's two stretches of games that will define the Broncos. And I think it starts with week four, which is this upcoming week versus Mm -hmm. the Baltimore, through week seven. Mm -hmm. So that stretch is versus Baltimore, at Pittsburgh, versus the Raiders, at Cleveland. And then I think their stretch, weeks 16 through 18, could really define their playoff berth, which is week 16, at Raiders, at Chargers, and then week eighteen
1: they're home versus Kansas City. I was gonna say though, that midseason stretch is pretty favorable. It is. They get some pretty easy teams. And that's what
0: I say, like once they get past Cleveland and they are home versus Washington, I guess that is undecided how that'll shape up with respect to, you know, Fitzpatrick, Heineke, and how that team's playing. Right. But they play, you know, three NFC East teams and then the bye, and then they have two division games and then Detroit and Cincinnati. If they can, you know, pile up some wins in that stretch shot
1: for the wild card potentially right or even it's I a mean, shot i don't want to say division title because i think the chiefs will inevitably win that but they have a shot for that wild card which you never want to just be playing for the wild card because it's not a sure thing but you know i agree and i mean this is also the moment
0: where a team starts three and oh and then they enter the bye week at week 11 and they're three and seven right five and five whatever mm-hmm. yeah. yeah so interesting but let's let's segue over to the panthers right and let's look at them, uh, I have some defensive
1: stats from them if you don't would love to to hear hearing so I looked up the defensive stats So they're allowing 191 total yards a game, which is an NFL unreal. best unreal um, 10 points a game Which is second behind the Broncos who are only allowing 8.7 135 total rush yards um, And their are three games combined. So that's 45 a game, which is the best again Broncos are the second best and then 438 passing yards over their three games, and that's 146 a game, which again is the best. And then the Broncos are the third best. So Broncos and Panthers have a very similar defensive rating, and also like we've been saying, I also think that just goes to show who they've been playing. Um, but their defense has been showing out. That's we can't. Um, I would agree, and and also Darnold. I
0: mean, you look. Uh, yeah. These are just his three. These are just the, the passing yards by game. Week 1, 279. Week 2, 305. Week 3, 304. I mean, it's kind of unbelievable to read
1: considering <laughs> where he was a couple years ago. Well, I think I saw a stat that said uh, the 300-plus passing yards in two two games this year was his career high already. Really? Career high already, which wow. is crazy.
0: That is really insane. I mean, but also when you look at the Panthers, uh, sneaky injury to McCaffrey. You know, you're watching the Thursday night game. Um, I didn't even see anything happen, and then all of a sudden, mm-hmm. the, the uh, sideline reporter is talking about how he's going to the t- uh, to the tent mm-hmm. or back into the locker room. Yeah. He ends up being out. Is it three three to four weeks? They said. I think so. Yeah. And they I don't, don't
1: think, do they put him on IR? They don't want to put him on IR. I don't because that would keep him out a little bit longer. Yeah. But I. Yeah. I think and it's interesting. Also, JC Horns out, and he's been playing good for a rookie. Well, so. JC Horn, would he break his foot? Yeah, he's that's totally gone. And I but. wanted
0: JC Horn on the Cardinals, really, really bad. Talk about a good year for some of these young cornerbacks. I mean, I know we talked about last—I uh, think it was last episode—talking about Jalen Johnson, who yeah. still has the uh, highest PFF coverage grade in the NFL. Um, a great year for uh, um, JC Horn in the in the couple two games and two and a half games that he put together Asante Samuel right, is playing I was very mention, very nice couple uh, picks couple picks that that mm-hmm. tip pick was really nice mm-hmm. um all around him byron Murphy third year corner he's coming into his own for the Cardinals um that he's going to get paid soon so obviously very happy to see he's the uh now now defending NFC uh, defensive player of the week um so yeah doing looking pretty good for the young corners um oh I mean obviously I, how can we forget Patrick Sertain? I mean that guy's, oh yeah that guy looks like he's already just a, a true vet.
1: I do have a stat here about him too. It says that he's allowed a 10.7 pass rating in man coverage. That's which is pretty good. Sure. That's yeah, good. that's really good, <laughs> especially for a rookie going yeah. against some um, big arm QBs. But but I mean, back to McCaffrey.
0: Even with McCaffrey out, I actually was a big fan of Chuba Howard when he was in college, mm-hmm. so I'm pretty excited to see him get some touches. Um, DJ Moore is coming into a, oh, a phenomenal yeah, receiver he's in the NFL. Yeah. Um, I'm actually excited because when I look at the Panthers' schedule too, I think what really matters is how they enter their Week 13 bye week. Um, let's look at their schedule, and I think up until Week 13, it's actually re- it's pretty favorable for them. And then following their bye week, it's going to be make or break time. So Week Four next week, they play at Dallas. That mm-hmm. is no pushover of a game anymore. Mm-hmm. Dallas is it's going to be tough. I um, think
1: Dallas wins that game personally.
0: I I <clears> wouldn't <throat> doubt it. So at Dallas, home versus Philly home versus Minnesota, at the Giants, at the Falcons, home versus New England, at the Cardinals, home versus Washington, at Miami. And they have their Week 13 bye week. And then following the bye
1: week, versus Atlanta,
0: at Buffalo, versus Tampa Bay, at New Orleans, at Tampa Bay.
1: I think there's a five-game stretch in the earlier portion of their season where they can win five straight games. I I'm assuming you're referring to— Ended right before the Cardinals.
0: I'm assuming you're referring to Philadelphia, Minnesota, Giants, Falcons, Patriots. I think that's very winnable. That's If they can walk out of that 4-1, and one, they're in a really good position. I, I agree with you. But once again, no pushover. Minnesota, I— No one knows who yeah, they are. No one really knows, that and I think they're you. getting better. Um, They—I mean, they won this past weekend, right? They beat the the Seahawks, right? Yes, they did. Also, wait,
1: how long is uh, Dalvin Cook out for?
0: He just missed last game. I don't know. Okay, I I thought he was like uh, they were debating whether playing him, and then he just questionable. I would assume he probably plays next week. Don't quote me on that, but uh, I mean, for them to win without Dalvin was pretty impressive. Yeah, against the Seahawks, I think the Seahawks have major flaws of their own, which we can get into. Um, But yeah, I would agree with you that that five game stretch, I think that's actually favorable. Yeah, that's a great way to put it. I think if they walk away looking pretty nice after that. Then they come around the turn to the end of the schedule and uh, gotta play good ball. Mm -hmm. But let's, uh, that actually makes me want to transition to the Chiefs because- One and two Chiefs. The one and two Chiefs are in sole last place in the AFC West. Um, I actually went back and went on a week by week basis and that is the first time they're in sole last place of AFC of the AFC West since week six of the twenty fifteen season. Wow. They were one and five at the time. So was that Alex Smith territory? That was Alex Smith. Okay. They were one and five and they finished the season eleven and five and lost in the divisional round. Wow. To the Patriots, actually. Wow. Um I think they also that was the year they uh blew up the Texans in the in the wild card round. Just I just randomly thought of that. Um even more interesting to talk about is, against the spread, being the uh, the betting spread, the Chiefs are 2-12 against the spread in the last 14 games they've played. Their last two covers would be Week 15 of the 2020 season against the Saints, and their playoff game against the Bills. Uh, if you only count regular season games, they're 1-10 in, in their last 11 regular season <laughs> games against the spread. So the chiefs keep getting overvalued obviously by the the uh, sports books i mean if i'm running a sports book i am of course not letting myself get exposed because i didn't value the homes enough right. but uh, pretty crazy it turns out that it's just not profitable at all right. to be on the, the chiefs and i kind of just want to form that into a, a question of what you think's going on with the chiefs your analysis i guess and your outlook on how this ends up you know going
1: uh, i mean just to answer the question of if I'm worried about them, I'd just say no. Simply. I mean, simply no. Um, like you said, they have Mahomes, who's arguably at the end of his career, going to be probably one of the best quarterbacks of all time, if not the best quarterback of all time. Um, I would agree. With if that. he can catch Tom and rings, that is, I guess. Um, yeah. They have Kelsey. They have uh, Tyreek, and that O line is revamped. Um, They would have won. Clyde is struggling. That's what I was about to say. He needs to take care of the ball because that was honestly why they lost to the Chargers, just a couple turnovers, and it just kind of screwed him. Another fumble by him. He got got drilled
0: while he was falling to the ground Mm -hmm. on that fumble. But still, ball security. And I mean, that even goes back to Mahomes. The no-look pass. Yeah,
1: that was just... And he gets intercepted. The guy's wide open in the middle of the field. That's just what he does, and he's done in the past with success. So, you know, it's just one of those things that just comes naturally to him, but it's at the end of the day... Just make the pass, look at your receiver, and just complete it.
0: Yeah, that's that's tying back to uh, my point uh, last week. Is Mahomes bored?
1: Is he bored of the NFL? Uh, I don't... I mean... Is he bored of September you, football? Can you get bored? I mean... In the NFL, there's always something new happening. Always new players emerging. I just don't know if you could get bored. Well... Especially being that good. First two losses in September, back-to-back. Which, again, crazy stat. I know we mentioned that when he was perfect. But, yeah, now he's lost twice, which... And he's thrown... Three
0: interceptions now in December, or September? I mean,
1: uh, all being this year, I believe. Maybe uh, the twenty seventeen talent evaluators were right about him and Trubisky. Maybe Trubisky was actually. I think you need to step outside uh, and, and refocus. Yeah, maybe, maybe.
0: You're you're sad after this this uh um, yeah. this Bears performance. Yeah, well, for good <laughs> reason, for for very good reason. But let's look at the. I actually just want to look at the Chiefs' schedule really quick because I think we talked touched on how they play uh, at Philadelphia next week. I think that could be their uh, bounce back. Their uh, what, what do they call it? Um, when like Alabama plays Mercer.
1: Oh, cupcake game.
0: Yeah, uh, that could be their their confidence booster. Uh-huh. And then they actually play Buffalo on a Sunday night. That, is, week. that should be a good game. Which would be a really good game. But they they have a couple stretches in there where I think they should be able to take advantage. They play. Uh, after the Buffalo game, they have uh, Washington at home. Or, I mean, at Washington, at Tennessee, home versus Giants. I think that's pretty favorable for them. And then, um, let's see. Uh, I mean, actually, other than that, they're, they play Pittsburgh and Cincinnati back-to-back at the end of the schedule. But they're going to have to fight for some wins. Not that I think that they're going to lose a lot of games or not win a lot of games. I just think that this is uh, not going to be the same... You know, 2019, 2020 Chiefs that just storm or steamroll through uh, every week.
1: Yeah, I, my sister's boyfriend actually is a huge Chiefs fan because he's from Kansas City, and he was watching the game on Sunday. We were together, and he was just complaining over and over again about how bad their defense is. Their defense is horrible. Which horrible. I mean, they they've been not the best roster. Of talent on the defensive side in the past, but they've always gotten the the job done. They were better. And they were not that good in previous years, but they were certainly better. Right. So this year, I don't know, maybe it's going to fall on all the the defensive players this year instead of the offense, because you know what the offense brings every week. Yeah.
0: Talking about that, what a
1: convenient time to be born from Kansas
0: City. Of all
1: times in in history. I know. They've never had a really great team, and then now you're just a a Chiefs fan. You're just going to say you're a Chiefs fan. I feel like if you say that, you're almost... Always gonna be branded as a bandwagon fan. Oh yeah. It's tough. It's tough. I don't have to worry about that. It's like like eight years ago when you started pulling up in Warriors
0: jerseys. Yeah.
1: Like you're, you're not a Warriors. Fan All the little now. kids wearing Steph jerseys. Who started off
0: hard this week? Well, why don't you start us off? Yeah, I I actually like that. I will probably go with Trevon Diggs. Great pick. Who is Quite the well quarterback for Dallas? Uh he's actually he has three interceptions on the year, so one to Actually, he does have won a game, um, and he had a pick six uh, last or on Monday night uh, on that out route that Jalen Hurts threw to the left side of the field. Um, really big timing, or I mean, I guess really big uh, stretch of years for the Diggs
1: family. Mm-hmm. Stephon Diggs gets yeah. out of Minnesota. They're cousins, right? Or brothers? Are they They're brothers? Th- I think they might be cousins. I'll look it up. But
0: anyway, shout out to the Diggs family. I mean, yeah,
1: just the last
0: name. Stephon Diggs gets out of Minnesota, escapes Kirk Cousins, gets to play with Josh Allen. And Travon Diggs uh, enters what could have been a horrific defense and is actually turning out to be pretty solid, and he's performing. So, shout out to the
1: Diggs family. Whether, I think they are brothers. Yep. Whether your brothers, your cousins, shout out. That's crazy. That is super crazy. And like you mentioned, another great cornerback that's young, just showing his worth. Oh yeah, I didn't even, I didn't even think of him when yeah. we started talking about that. But I guess I can ask again for the second time. Yeah. Who started off hard this week? As much as this pains me to say, Miles Garrett started off very hard this week, and I hated every second of it, but it was also kind of just crazy to watch him get into the backfield so quickly. And even when he wasn't sacking uh, Justin Fields, who was sacked nine times, by the way, um, he was pressuring him. He was moving him out of the pocket, making him super uncomfortable. Um, So four and a half sacks, although it doesn't top Chandler Jones five, is still... An absolutely absurd number. Insane. So, very, that is my
0: Does that put candidate him first place in the sacks race. It might put him right behind Chandler. I'm not sure. Because actually, interesting enough, this that just made me think of when we were talking about the uh, the Panthers. Um, edge rusher for the Panthers, Hassan Redick, uh, used to be a Cardinal. He was drafted by the Cardinals. The Cardinals played him out of position uh, for three years that he was on his rookie deal. And in his fourth year, he finally plays Edge, uh, which was last year. And... Uh, he has four and a half sacks on the year and Chandler has five, which I believe is two people in wow. the top four. So I just I saw that number the other day and it made me really sad that the Cardinals didn't sign him for eight million for a year.
1: Isn't there also a rookie that's playing for the Panthers um, on defense right now that's been just absolutely amazing? Are you thinking which of Brian Burns? Maybe, yeah. I don't know if he's a rookie. I think oh, he's okay. a second. Just year. Young guy. Um, All right. that just came to mind. I was just curious. But yeah. But so me talking about Miles Garrett just kind of takes us into our next segment, which we're going to talk about coaching hot seats. Cool. And as you can imagine, I have a lot to say about this one. So as you guys know, I'm a Bears fan. Our head coach is Matt Nagy, Mr. Matthew. And he has a lot of Chicagoans really pissed off right now. Rightfully so. Rightfully so. So basically... Did he tank? Did he tank the game? That's that's the rumor. That's the rumor out there. So... As Jack just kind of alluded to, people have been calling him out saying he either didn't change the scheme or call different plays um, because he was either incompetent or because he wanted to prove a point and did it on purpose to just show people that Justin Fields wasn't ready, which is completely unfair. And he should lose his job for that, for sure, if that was the case. But so, like I mentioned, I'd, I'd say he should lose his job probably yeah, either, either way. Yeah, I've been a huge Nagy supporter Um just based off that first 2018 season and one coach of the year we went 12 and 4 with you know subpar quarterback um and just a group that basically just been put together not a lot of chemistry there but he fooled you he fooled me um as he claimed to be an offensive guru but now it just looks like he can't do anything that goes past five yards on the field um he almost got Fields killed, as I mentioned, he was sacked nine times, and Fields is currently questionable for the game on Sunday because of a hand injury, which he got x-rays for on Sunday and came back negative. But So the rumors are, if we don't beat the Lions on Sunday, he's going to be out, and I fully agree with that. I think that should be the precedent. If we lose to them, he should be gone immediately after that embarrassing loss to the Browns on Sunday. I... <laughs> I kind of just summed up everything. I don't know if there's much more to say. I've just been so ramped up about this for the past, I don't know, what, three, four days at this point, so. I think rightfully so. I
0: think, uh, I would say Matt Nagy's performance was one of the more embarrassing head coaching performances I've seen in a long time. Um, it hit particularly hard because it reminded me of Steve Wilkes coaching the Arizona Cardinals, which, uh. If you uh, if you knew anything about Steve Wilkes coaching the Arizona Cardinals, that is the furthest thing from a compliment. Um,
1: was that 2018? Was that was there? Uh, Josh rookie Okay. Yeah, year, yeah. Yeah. Yeah.
0: And Sam Bradford. And uh, Sam Bradford. Yeah. Uh, but I thought it was really despicable, honestly. I would. I felt really bad for Justin Fields. Um, I felt really bad for the whole team. Especially it's the defense, bro, because they were holding their own. I, mean, I think it's got to be tough, too, like – when something like that happens and you see that performance from your coach, yeah. how does that affect like weeks going forward? You know, in,
1: in meeting rooms, speeches, blah, blah, blah. Well, do you even like respect that guy? Well, that's the thing. I think his, I've heard this mentioned too, and I completely agree with it, is his, his best ability so far as a coach has been able, his ability to keep the, um, the locker room together. He's yeah. just is a very likable guy, super nice guy. But, I mean... The, the Nick just, wave? Yeah, yeah, pretty <laughs> much. So, that just took away, like, all his credibility in that aspect of yep. his, his coaching. So, you know, after having one net passing yard on offense, he's got to go, in my opinion. He's on the hottest of hot seats currently. I would say he is, too. And let's look at the... Who do the Bears got coming up next? The Lions. Lions, yeah. And I know we were just talking about that before who we got on air. I think our sneaky good... Well, not not, not, not good... good. But they're sneaking the frisky. fact that they sneaky can't... frisky. Okay, I like frisky because yeah. they'll they'll beat you if you uh, if you're not paying attention. They almost beat the Ravens. They almost talking beat about, the Niners. Talking about that game, Justin Tucker, man, what a kick! That was insane. what a kick. And you know what? It bounced so perfectly; it almost looked like it just you know went straight through and hit the back of the net. It was pretty crazy. Couldn't yeah. have that luck in 2018 though for the Bears. Well, since we just talked about Justin, Ticker, uh,
0: Justin Tucker's kick, I feel like I should give my uh, little spiel on the Cardinals game. Uh, I think yeah, it's go only, for it. It's only right. There, uh, I got mine. And you know, what really reminded me of the Cardinals game just then was uh, talking about long kicks. I don't know if you saw Matt Prater's uh, sixty-eight yard attempt before halftime.
1: Oh, and yes, they <laughs> very. I was thinking, I was like, I don't think he made a long kick like that because he was on uh, my no. fantasy team. But yes, I do remember them. You know, he the was Jags a, taking it back to the house. He was a few yards short. Yeah,
0: it uh, turns out. Uh, I thought it was phenomenal. Uh, I listened to a part of my take podcast uh, a couple days ago, and they were doing their two-minute recap, and they said, uh, I guess every week is like playing Alabama. Yeah. I don't know if you remember. Here yeah. comes Davis yeah, on the 109 oh, uh, dude, that was uh, crazy. field goal return. Um, at any rate, Cardinal started off slow. I didn't think they played that well. Uh, I mean, Kyler didn't really play that well at all. Uh, his completion percentage was really nice Through for 300-something yards, uh, which is kind of just standard at this point. But uh, decision-making, I think there's still, like we said, one or two decisions a game that you're just not happy with, question, concerned. Eyes down his receiver. Yeah, just everything. But, uh, you know, I think I was impressed with the Cardinals' resiliency and the fact that the whole week – it was, you know, this is a trap game. What do you think about trap games? Trap game, trap game. Every question from the media was trap game. And it started game. off almost like a trap game. Yeah. And, you know. I was worried for a second for you guys. <laughs> oh, I was worried too. And the thing is, like, we were down, what, 19-10? Yeah, yeah, yeah. 19-10 oh, with, know. like, three minutes left in the third quarter? Yeah. Um. I don't know. I'm, I'm just happy to see, like, that's not a pretty win, and I'm not happy with their performance whatsoever. Uh, so I hope nobody takes it like that. It's more just a... Uh, it's a growth, opportunity. When, yeah, yeah. When your team's supposed to win, obviously you gotta win. Mm-hmm. But when your team's supposed to win and you're down nineteen ten, and then you respond with twenty one unanswered points, that's a good sign in my yeah. book, in, in my book. Mm-hmm. Uh, that like at least there's you know the maturity and the growth in the locker room to be yeah. like we can't be losing this game.
1: Mm-hmm. Um, Those are often the hardest games to win, though. The oh, games yeah. that you just you know you off. should win. Yeah, I remember even when we played we played ball in high school. The, the teams that we knew we should beat. Those would be the games that would go down to the wire every single time. Who was it? Uh, El Dorado hitting, uh, uh, was it 13 for 13 from three in the oh, second half? Dude, that was the most brutal game of my life because, yeah, <laughs> we blew that one big time. We had a player getting heckled as we were walking into the locker room up like 30 at half. And this girl was like, hey, number one, hey, number one, you guys are going to lose. And he told her to shut the F up. No, we weren't. Blah, blah, blah. We ended up losing by like two. It was Brutal. Shout out freshman high school basketball. Yeah, let's do it.
0: <laughs> where uh, where <laughs> do leads it. are blown. Oh, yeah. But uh, that honestly, back to the cards, was pretty happy to see them pull through. Um, talking about that, what a rough week for the flea flicker. Um, you know, the flea flicker used to be a, a little bit of a trick play. You know, it always ended with the deep shot. You know, typically a wide open man.
1: <laughs> Trevor, <laughs> Trevor Lawrence, Lawrence man.
0: threw off his back foot 15 yards for a pick six. Um, I'd actually never seen a uh, shorter flea flicker throw. Yeah, usually it's like a 60-yard bomb. It mm-hmm. has to be. No, so I'd never seen a shorter one. And then the Chargers
1: ran the flea flicker, and Justin Herbert threw the ball at the ground to avoid a oh, sack. Oh, I did not see that play. But so, at least he's making uh, the rookie look all right. Bad day for the flea flicker. Yeah. Bad week
0: <laughs> Yeah. Bad week. Maybe we should just discontinue it. But go Cardinals. I'm glad we're 3-0. Let's see what, you know. Tough division also. We got a really, really tough game. We played the Rams in L.A. on Sunday. And they've been looking nice. Cliff Kingsbury is 0-6. No, no I'm sorry. 0-4 against Sean McVay. And uh, the Cardinals are 0-8 against Sean McVay. He beat Bruce Arians for his last two. Beat Steve Wilkes both times. And has beaten Cliff all four. Um, massive week. Gotta I'm watch out for that. Very nervous. I'm actually shaking. Physically shaking thinking about it. Sure, um, it means a lot to me. I digress. Uh, back to hot seat power rankings. Yeah, I would say my answer for number one is undoubtedly Urban Meyer. Right. And then I would probably put Nagy at
1: two, and then three would be Joe Judge. Judge has to be in there. Urban Meyer is in a tough spot. So many rumors floating around with his name attached to him. Just if he even wants to be there, the players like him, you know. He Tough. can't handle the pro game. So it'd be it'd be really funny if he actually did go to USC next oh, year. Oh, it'd be hilarious. But you hilarious. can't do that. That would just tarnish your reputation. 100%. But um, Joe Judge, on the other hand, as we kind of alluded to earlier, teams own three, and their record, or their record, their schedule, excuse me, isn't the easiest, so it could rapidly snowball. Um, and the roster actually isn't that bad, so it's not like they should have lost, especially some of these past close games against the Falcons and the, uh, the football team. Um, they should have won both of those games. Yeah. So. It's,
0: it's going to have to start with uh, Daniel Jones, obviously. Right. Going to need to play better ball. Mm-hmm. And uh, maybe, just maybe, get some production out of their uh, $18 million receiver, Kenny Galladay. That yeah, they don't even... It, it tends to help when you pay players a lot of money and they play like they're worth a lot of
1: money. Yeah. It it always, you know, it always happens. Player gets the cash and they just disappear. It always happens. Always happens. But I think um, just kind of after talking about that, we should kind of go into our cross-offs. Continue that segment that we talked about last week. Um, You were ahead of the game. I was ahead of the game a little bit. I I crossed off the Steelers because I didn't believe in them. And they lost again. Um, You said the Giants, which, I mean, 0-3, another very good pick. Hey, so man, now they, they could be uh, eleven and five like the Chiefs back <laughs> in twenty fifteen. They could be um, one more cross off. Should yeah. we do one more? Let's do let's do another cross off here. I'm you want to go first? Me. or You want me to go first? Why don't you go first? I have to think a little bit on this one. Actually, you know, I'll I'll actually I'll go. I think this is a little bit more of a safe safer pick than I made last week. But I'm just gonna cross off the Dolphins. Ooh, I think there was some chatter wow. about them early. You know, oh, our corners are really good. Our defense is really solid. Tua's going to make that leap. Well, Tua didn't make that leap. He got hurt, so he didn't even have the chance to make that leap if he was going to. Um, we'll see him probably later on in the season, but then he'll be kind of out of the flow by then. Uh, defense hasn't really showed up all that much. Um, so, I don't know. I think I think that's my cross-off for this week. I just don't think they've impressed as as everyone's hyped them up as they would, if that made any sense.
0: Wow. I I actually like that. Um, I would agree to an extent. Um, That's pretty tough. I think Brian Flores is a good coach. I respect him.
1: That is one area I will agree with you.
0: Um, Let me think, though. When I look at the board, I think, obviously, realistically, like the two cross-offs are Jaguars and Jets. I think they're they're the two. Yeah, those are the the NFL.
1: Just obviously, yeah. Yeah. which, by the way, Zach Wilson needs to stop throwing picks. Yeah. Six in the last what two games? Might be even more. I don't even know. I think it is. I think he <laughs> threw four in week two. And oh, in and two, two and week yeah, yeah, yeah. Last
0: week, so yeah, it's not looking good. Um, if I'm gonna cross off a team, I think I'm gonna follow. I think I'm gonna follow my last week with another obvious one and just go with the Atlanta Falcons. Um, they they did get their first win. Against the Giants, right? Right. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, but, you know, I, uh, I loved Matt Ryan. I thought he was an awesome quarterback in the past, but I think that this is
1: just kind of coming to an end. The curtain
0: call. Yeah. Um, I'm not a huge believer in the roster. I think they have holes all over. And to make matters worse, they drafted a tight end fourth overall.
1: And he hasn't done much of anything. I mean,
0: I've, I've seen a couple of plays where I'm like, you know, I can see
1: what they're looking at. It's right. promising. But fourth overall? Yeah. <laughs> Could have had Rashawn Slater. Yeah. <laughs> Someone to actually kind of benefit them a little bit better than... Wait, did you uh, see that Fitzwell's? stat, by the way? Sorry to cut you off. No,
0: you're good. Did you see that stat that Rashawn Slater hasn't allowed a uh, quarterback <laughs> hit since week 11 at Northwestern in yep. 2018? Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, that's crazy. That's three years. Right. That's... <laughs> That, That's it, ridiculous. Yeah, that
0: doesn't make any sense. Good for him, though. Good for him. And hey. I was actually thinking about this last night. Think about the talent Rashawn Slater faced in college. You're talking oh, Nick House, Rosa. They, yeah. You're talking Chase Young, Sam Hubbard. Like mm-hmm. You're talking all these. AJ F. Pinesa, uh, oh, I, had, I was to all these guys last night, all these pass rushers. At any rate, it's really impressive. They, yeah, they were good. It's really, really yeah. impressive. Uh, oh, Rashawn Gary is another one. Oh, yeah. The Michigan D.N. mm mm-hmm. Okay, but let's actually, let's look at our uh, our picks, right?
1: Yeah, we, so let's talk about it. We so, actually are uh, coming down the wire, getting pretty close to each other. So we made picks for week two and week three, um, didn't make picks for week one. So after week, t- so our week two outcome was Jack was 10 for 16, I was 13 for 16. This past week, Jack was 12 for 16, I was 10 for 16. So that puts me ahead by one um, at 23 for 32, and Jack has 22 for 32. So really close. Um, we're gonna probably quickly make our picks right now. Um, I had curiosity, what did we both miss this last week? So like together we voted on the same. and miss, right, just, or just go okay, one, oh, one I got you. So you picked Giants, I picked Falcons. Oh my god. Um, we both picked Chiefs. That's tough. Both picked Steelers. That's really tough. Uh, you picked Browns, I picked Bears just cause you know, yeah. loyalty. Uh, I picked the Pats over the Saints. I thought the, the game plan would have been there, but it wasn't. It wasn't. Um, Mac Jones turns out he can throw interceptions. Yeah, it does turn out that way. Uh, we both picked cards, both picked Bills, Broncos, Raiders. I chose the Seahawks over the Vikings. You chose the Vikings. Um, we both had the Bucks beating the Rams, um, both had the Packers, and both had the Cowboys, which was a last second flip from you. You nearly went Eagles. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, last second flip. I like that. So, um, Talking about that Bucks game,
0: man. The Rams look really good. I hate to say it. The, the Rams, Rams, Rams guy. I mean, I play them this week, and well, I know I hate them. Like I hate them out. as an
1: organization. But gotta watch out for that Stafford Cup connection, dude. Cooper Cup is balling. He's going off. He's on a different level right now. And Stafford loves him, so
0: you know he's going to keep getting the ball. See, that? that's why I hate it even more. Once I heard that little docu- or that little interview about how they have breakfast together every morning, I was just like, I can't do that. I, I, I physically can't. It's kind of cute.
1: It makes me want to throw up. They're like best friends. So gross. Quick best friends. All right, so let's really quickly, let's do our predictions for uh, week four here. So, Jags at Bengals. I'll take the Bengals. You know, that's what I wanted to do too. Are you taking the Jags? Don't take the Jags. Don't take the Jags in front of me. Uh, it's tough. Don't do it. I think I'll go Bengals. I had Bengals written down earlier. I'll go Bengals just because I think Joe Burrow is playing really well. Jamar Chase is actually playing also really well. So he's had to touch on every game he's played, right? Yeah, that's pretty good. He's he's been really nice. All right. So now we have um, Titans at Jets. Titans. Yep, I'm going Titans. beat the crap out of them. They don't have the best defen- defense, but I don't trust Wilson. Uh, Chiefs at Eagles. Chiefs. I'm also going Chiefs. So right now we're on the same page. Panthers at Cowboys. This is kind of interesting. No CMC, no JC Horn. Also, the Cowboys. Cow- Cowboys have some yeah. injuries too. And the Cowboys are a better team. I'm also going Cowboys. I bet you Trayvon Diggs gets pick. <laughs> I like that. Right? <laughs> uh, Giants at Saints. Kind of interesting too, but... The Saints feels like the trap, but I'm going to take the Saints. I'm also going to do the same. I feel like these games are a little bit more uh, obvious than the past weeks. Browns at
0: Vikings. Oh, I actually really like this game.
1: Well, don't the Vikings have a pretty good
0: O-line? They've played well. Okay. They've played really well. Um, I don't think that they were supposed to play as well as... Pe- or I don't think a lot of people thought they would play as well they as they They weren't
1: projected had. to be as good as they have been. Um... Wait, can you repeat the matchup? Browns-Vikings. Browns at Vikings, yes. In Minnesota.
0: I'm going to... I'm so sorry. I, I I really don't
1: know. I'm I'm just going to go Browns. I'm going to take the Vikings. Okay. But I think the Browns win the game. I actually like that pick, though. Yeah. I do like that pick, especially if Dalvin's playing. Yeah, I think
0: that they can take advantage of that secondary, too. I don't think the Browns have that great of a secondary.
1: Also, Adam Thielen's been playing pretty well, too. I, mean, I don't want really talk about like that. He's a baller. Um, Lions at Bears <laughs> That's tough But I I'm going to take the Bears Oh man I can see the Lions winning I don't even know Who's playing QB I can see the Lions winning And just for the sake of I want Matt Nagy To get fired I'm going to take the Lions I respect and it And this is like Loyalty over everything But you know If the Bears lose this game He should be fired he, oh, On Monday He better be he, No Sunday night It's facts uh,
0: no, it's Sunday afternoon Yeah <laughs> afternoon <laughs> They tell him to pack his things up And get out uh, Texans at Bills Is that Bills? Oh, Bills.
1: Yeah, Bills. So we've only deferred... Or not deferred. uh, Diverged on two games at this point. Uh, Colts at Dolphins. That's a weird one. But... I think Colts get their first one. I was going to say Colts as well. I think Colts get their first one. I think that the
0: Colts are not as horrible as they've led people to... As they've put on tape, I I will say. Uh, Washington at Atlanta. So... I'm going to take Atlanta to get their second win.
1: Um, I can see that going anyway. I'm going to go football team just because you win Atlanta. I was going to say Falcons, but I'm going to go WFT. Uh, Seahawks at Niners. I like the Seahawks. You're going to take the Seahawks in that one? I could. I think the Niners
0: have the better team, but you said it's at Niners? Mm-hmm. Yep. I'm going to take the Seahawks I, I'm actually just going to clarify I'm strictly taking that because if the Seahawks win the Seahawks and Niners are both 2-2 two and two. and so even if the Cardinals lose they're 3-1 and, and they're in the second place
1: yeah I'm going to take the Niners I just think that they played a pretty good game against the Packers until the end there but you yeah know. that was a coin toss uh, cards at Rams god I hate to do this to you I Take the, just take I the just, Rams yeah I just think I'm going to take the cards first win first win against McVeigh. That'd be crazy. I'd like to see it, though. I'd love to see it. Um, Steelers at Packers. I'll take the Packers, but I feel like Steelers Steelers probably win that
0: game. I'm taking the Packers. The I hate this. Well, I don't hate the Steelers. They just have not looked good whatsoever this season. Yeah, but like the next two weeks are where the NFL just throws a wrench
1: in everyone's analysis. That's true. No, I, can, I definitely see. They could win. I mean, I believe that. Uh, Ravens at Broncos kind of talked about this a little earlier that's so tough I'm gonna go Ravens I don't think they've seen anything like Lamar obviously there is nothing else like Lamar I'm gonna take the Broncos okay uh, Bucks at Patriots so the Tom Bucks, Brady returns by a million yeah that's kind of easy how many do we have different uh, let's see um, Vikings, Browns. I took Browns. You took Vikings. Bears, Lions. I You took Bears. I took Lions. Uh, Falcons, Washington football team. You took Falcons. I took football team. Seahawks, 49ers. I took the Niners. You took Seahawks. Cards, Rams. I took Rams. You took Cards. Broncos, Ravens. Okay. You took... Um, nice Broncos. amount. I took, yeah, pretty good amount. So Someone could jump ahead this, this week. 100%. And then uh, Raiders, Chargers. Oh, is that the Monday night game? Yep. Raiders at Chargers. Mm-hmm. Oh, that's actually an amazing game. Um, can't go wrong, though. You're either playing at SoFi or you're playing at Allegiant. So oh, yeah. The two best stadiums. Two best stadiums. It's, it's the stadium bowl. Yeah, can't go wrong.
0: Um, oh, man. I have no idea.
1: I'm going to go Chargers just because I went against them last week against the Chiefs and they won. Like that offensive line. And Justin Herbert's a baller, so... I'm going to go Raiders. This is a big week for Carr. Fair enough. We have a lot of different picks here, so it should be interesting. I actually like that. And Also, looking ahead, um, I think
0: that there are three gambling lines that stand out to me that I wanted to bring up, purely for the listeners. Um, I would say Buccaneers minus 6.5 at Patriots is a really enticing bet. I would just bet against the Jets every week, so Titans minus (laughs) 7. and um, the last one would be uh, Chiefs minus seven at uh, the Eagles. I think the Chiefs finally cover the spread this year. Mm -hmm. Uh, Put them at one and three. But okay, so we actually, we just covered our uh, NFL week three analysis, looking at week four. Mm -hmm. We're gonna take a quick break and then we are actually gonna come back to you and talk some hoops And welcome back everyone, Um, as we mentioned uh, to end our third episode we are going to start talking some NBA uh, looking ahead at this uh, this upcoming season starting within the month actually I think almost in exactly four weeks Um, so I figured like we did with NFL we should probably give an introduction in terms of uh, you know Sam and I's experiences with the NBA and our fanhood uh, you know players teams all that kind of stuff so I will start by saying that I, uh, I'm a massive Russell Westbrook fan, um, may may anger some listeners. Uh, people are pretty you know, polarized on him as a player. I've uh, always loved Russ since he was drafted by the Thunder when they officially became the Thunder. Um, had been following the Thunder, was a big Kevin Durant fan at the time, uh, had my swing with him where I didn't really like him. Now I just outright respect him because I think he's the best player in the world. Uh, so, yeah, I'm a big Thunder guy. I love Russell Westbrook. Um, I grew up as a massive Kobe Bryant fan, my favorite player ever. Uh, so now that Russ is on the Lakers, uh, I'm actually pretty excited to root for the Lakers this year. I haven't rooted for
1: them since. I, I actually that. remember the last time you rooted for him was when Isaiah Thomas was on the team. I remember watching a game at your house, and that was the last time I ever heard you mention the Lakers.
0: I, I haven't rooted for him for a little bit. Um, as you guys will probably pick up with my uh, – Our discussions about the NBA, I uh, haven't always been like a huge LeBron fan, or more just like as a as a as a guy. I think he's like can be pretty cringy. Um, But all that aside, rooting for the Lakers to win the title this year, the Thunder are my team, so I'm all about SGA and that rebuild. But that's just a little bit about me. I love various players throughout the league. Um, I would say that I'm certainly past the the Thunder, and obviously rooting for Russell Westbrook. I'm far more of like a players guy as opposed to like loving teams here and there. So that's me. I'll let Sam introduce himself.
1: I think just on that point really quick, I think the NBA is a lot easier league to do that just because the limited amount of players and just the good players are like truly just the best and it's yep. so apparent. So 100%. I'm kind of the same way. Um, Jack and I have gone back and forth on this since I met him when I was like 11. but And it all started with the Kobe-LeBron thing. I'm a huge LeBron fan. Um, I remember I fell in love with LeBron – um Jeez, uh, these were, these, were, these debates were ringless LeBron. oh we were
0: having these debates when lebron didn't have a ring that's yeah, so crazy yeah. to think about
1: i started I, I remember watching a Cavs game from like 2008 and just ever since then i was like oh man this guy you know i love this player like he's so good whatever so i've kind of just you know i similar to jack i don't really know if i've really supported a team rather than just lebron so i've kind of followed him from cleveland to miami back to cleveland and then now on the Lakers so right now I'm just supporting the Lakers I hope they win um, this year uh, I also really really respect James Harden which was another debate that Jack and I have had in the past just when they had their whole MVP race together and you know which stats were more important Westbrook. yeah so yeah um, I remember watching that
0: series at your house where Harden just obliterated the Thunder when it was just Russ on the yeah. thunder, his
1: MVP season yeah, was that his
0: MVP season when they lost first round
1: yep Oh, man. Mm-hmm.
0: I remember watching that in your living room. Yeah, Tough. yeah.
1: So those are my two two guys right now. Um, obviously, respect a whole bunch of young players. I love basketball. I've played since I was a little kid. So, um, but yeah, that'll kind of start us off. And uh, just after giving those little descriptions on ourselves, we want to get into some segments that'll kind of just help prep for the season. So, um, our first segment that we're doing, I kind of got the idea from TNT. Uh, they do this segment that's called Where He Play At, and it's a segment they do with Chuck. So basically what I'm going to do is I'm going to say a player's name who in the past year was a free agent. Um, some of these players are pretty obscure. These uh, guys
0: just signed with their teams, right? Yes. Okay.
1: So this is in the past year. So I'm so screwed. Jack will have to guess what team they are on officially right now. So to start us off, I'm going to kind of give you a little nice little ground ball. Andre Drummond. Oh geez, I, I, this is sad because I literally—I feel like if you just, just think like about just, what you've seen on Twitter, and just—he's like, on the
0: Sixers, isn't he with with Joel? He yeah. is indeed on the yeah. Sixers. So him and Joel because they beat. hate each other. Yeah, yeah they had a yeah, beef yeah. for a really long time. And he used
1: to dominate him every time they played. That's yeah, right, yeah, exactly. All right, that's such a comedy one. It is pretty funny. Uh, number two, Devonta Graham.
0: I I know this too because he just. Uh, we were talking about him. We both really liked him this offseason. Yeah.
1: I wanted the Lakers to get him. Did he go to the Pelicans or did he go to the Bulls? I'll say one of those is the correct answer.
0: It's the Pelicans. Isn't it, it is the Pelicans. Yeah, because yeah. they they wanted Kyle Lowry and they wanted, uh, who was the other point guard available? It was Kyle Lowry or Chris Paul or. Um, well,
1: he he kind of just took Lonzo's spot there in New Orleans. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. yeah. But,
0: like, anyways, I, I meant more like the Pelicans had that, uh, like four different targets, and they ended up with Devon Graham. Right. and right. kind of kind of like the classic Knicks just yeah. miss out on everybody. Everyone was just like, "What?" what? All right, Tory Craig. Ooh, Son's
1: Torrey Craig. Mm-hmm. Is he on the Bucks? He is on the Bucks. Or no, actually, I apologize. He's not on the Bucks. He was on the Bucks. That's what oh. you're thinking about. Okay, wait. Give me one more. Because remember, he could have won the ring yeah. no matter what. Sorry, I just kind of jumped the gun there. It isn't, I'll give you a hint. It's an Easter Con- Eastern Conference team. Is he on the Nets? Not the Nets. I'll give you one more guess before I tell you. Tori Craig. Is he contending for a dri- Or no? They'll be in the playoffs. But they won't, I doubt they go anywhere. Is he on like the Bulls? Not the Bulls. So he's on the Pacers.
0: Oh, I actually should have known that. I actually should have known that. So. I'm actually excited to watch the Pacers this year with, with Carlisle. Yeah, yeah, fun.
1: should be pretty interesting. Okay, Las Vegas native Zach Collins. He's on the Spurs now, isn't he? Oh, that was he yeah. got wrapped. Yep, that was pretty easy. They gave him money for no reason. I thought that one might give you some trouble, but... <laughs> no, I, I only know that because th- that contract just didn't make just any terrible. sense. It was terrible. Yeah. Okay, now we're getting to a little bit more obscure names. Reggie Bullock. Uh, Reggie Bullock just signed with... Uh, uh, I know this. Uh,
0: the Mavericks. That is correct. He, he shot the ball really nice this past year. I'm excited with, with him with Luka.
1: Which is interesting because when he was on the Lakers, he sucked mm-hmm. so bad. I'm
0: actually very excited to see his, uh, his fit with the Mavericks. I think it's a little more natural than uh, Josh Richardson. Right. I completely agree.
1: Just He's a pure shooter. That's yeah. all he'll really do. Um, all right. Jeff Green, who's literally probably played for 15 he's teams. He's played for everyone. Oh, my So Jesus. he was on the Nets. Yeah.
0: I was going to say. That kind of makes me sad he's not on the Nets. I'll I'll tell you, he went to the
1: Western Conference. Okay. Jump conferences.
0: I did like him on the Nets.
1: He's just a nice filler. Yeah. Hmm. Is he on the Nuggets? He is on the Nuggets. Very (laughs) good. I would have never guessed that. But yeah, he is on the Nuggets. Um, That kind of makes
0: sense. I think that they're... They're kind of in limbo without Jamal Murray. Kind of trying to figure out if they're still able to crawl themselves to the playoffs and then maybe get him
1: back. They also just have a ton of huge contracts, especially now with yeah. MPJ.
0: Oh, That oh. contract was big.
1: It doesn't make sense. I, I don't really get it. I don't understand that. Um,
0: and then they just signed... Didn't they sign Gordon? Did they sign Gordon?
1: They did. Did they extend Yeah, him? I think they okay. actually did. Yeah. All right. Rodney Hood.
0: Oh, man. It's so crazy to think because... I remember Rodney Hood, was it two years ago now, dealing it out when he was on the Blazers in that overtime game against the Nuggets? Yeah, I actually remember he put like 50 yeah. up or
1: something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, man, Rodney so Hood. That was his last team, the Blazers. He might have even been sitting for like half a year. Is, not he on like a,
0: is he on an actually contending team? Right? He is, yes. Okay.
1: Um, fit kind of makes sense, too, in my opinion.
0: My head is telling me Clippers, but I feel like he's probably on the Nets.
1: It is Eastern Conference. I'll okay. give you one more guess. Sixers? Bucks.
0: That makes sense. I like that. Yeah, I like kinda, that fit a lot. Kind the 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 of similar to Reggie Bullock. Yeah, I like yeah. that. All
1: right. And the last one. This name is the most obscure out of all of them, just because he's been a bench player his whole life, but Dwayne Bacon, a really good know, FSU yeah. guard. Oh, man. Do you remember what team he was on? Was he on the Heat? Close. Same starting letter. Same conference. Hornets. Yeah, he was on the Hornets for his whole career. I'm pretty sure. Dude, Dwayne Bacon. Is he still in the East? He still is in the East. Yes. Is he on a mid team? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Well. Yeah. 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 Uh. It's just like. Yeah. Dwayne Bacon. I don't want to give you too much. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm I know. I want to th- you to try to get this I'm one. really trying to think. Is he on
0: the... Wizards? Or the Magic?
1: Neither of those teams. Oh. I'll give you one more guess.
0: The Raptors? No.
1: Nope. Oh. So he's on the Knicks, which is such a really? Knicks thing. Like Damn. I feel like they missed out on a lot of people again this yeah. offseason, so they just signed Dwayne Bacon out yeah. of just, like, that desperation. That yeah. yeah, Anything that sticks. So actually, you shot pretty well I, on that, on I'm that game. I'm pretty surprised. I'm pretty surprised. Um, I thought would be horrible. I actually haven't even really done much of my, uh, like, NBA, uh, like, you know, homework. Uh, right. No, I, c- season. I completely get you. I threw this together this morning. But, um, I mean, NBA offseason, always always fireworks. There's always so much going on. Yeah. Um, NFL is always jealous of it because players are just getting racked. And the trades are just way easier. So much The easier. transactions
0: are, mm-hmm. you know, obviously, they're naturally going to be more plentiful. I mean, it, uh, all, the NBA has that period for the first, like, two, three weeks where you're, like, Oh, that guy's on this team? Yeah. Oh, no, that guy's on this team for, like, the third time? Yeah, exactly. I mean,
1: I mean, another weird one, too, is um, Dennis Schroeder is a, a Celtic for, like, $4 million.
0: I actually really like that signing for the Celtics because I think they need someone who can take the, the ball out of Brown and Tatum's hands. And, and he's also gritty. Buckets. Well, yeah, yeah, 100%. But,
1: I mean, I just – I kind of just feel bad for that guy. Yeah, he <laughs> – well. He lost out on 84 mil, but he said he never saw a contract. You saw that quote yeah. from the other day? yeah.
0: He did it with good humor, though. That that uh, post he did where it was, oh, like, yeah, that was so your best fun. fumble the bag caption. Yeah, yeah. So funny.
1: That was pretty good. All right, so Jack, you shot pretty well on that. We're going to move on to another segment that I put together. We're just calling it Cornerstone Contenders because we just yeah, I like this. have lack of a better name. but So basically what's going to happen is I'm going to give Jack two sets of stats, that being points, assists, and then rebounds, of two players without naming them. Sorry, can you give me percentages? I don't have shooting percentages. Okay, I'm just no going to give you the three biggest stats. If we do this again, I will add that. Okay. Um, without, I'm not going to name the players, and he'll have to pick which one he'd rather have. So okay. I tried to pick pretty competitive stats, so we'll see. Are they Can to be the same position or different?
0: Uh, it, it, it doesn't matter. Most
1: like. times the sizes are similar, but... And the positions are similar, but not necessarily. Okay.
0: So it's like the uh, it's like those Instagram posts where you see like two grade figures, and they just have the stats. Exactly. Yes. You pick one, and it's always like the player you would least expect. Yes. Exactly. Got you. Got you.
1: Okay. So the first player averages twenty eight point one points, five point nine assists, and eleven rebounds a game. The second player averages twenty seven point seven points, so just a slight decrease. 8.6 8.6 assists, and 8 rebounds. So, some...
0: So, it's 25, 11, and
1: 6? So, so, basically, both players, I mean, realistically average 28 points. One is The first one is 28.1, the second one is 27.7. Um, the second player has, like, a 3-point better assist average. And, you just
0: give it to me, like, as the 3 numbers in a row? Yeah, I got you. Yeah, so, yeah. the
1: first player, again, 28.1, points 5.9 assists 11 rebounds second player 27.7 points 8.6 assists eight rebounds which one would you rather have
0: i mean surely just by the numbers i would go with the second one for the more more well-rounded approach between passing and rebounding i think like these numbers could be like totally deceiving in the sense that you know, maybe one. Sh- That's why I wanted another shooting percentages, just because one could be shooting way more efficiently. But if I had to purely base it off of that, I would say that these players are probably forwards, point forwards, maybe guards, bigger guards, and I would take the more well-rounded option B.
1: Okay, so I'm gonna be really upset. You, you just on. selected Luca. Oh, nice. But you chose him over Giannis. See, that's I do if I would be, it, be horrified by it. No, no. So yeah. I think all these, either way you go is, I mean, you're going to get a good player because that's yeah. just kind of the players I chose for this to start us off. But yeah, I mean, that's, pretty interesting though, right? That is really tough. When you put mm-hmm. it like
0: that, just at, at face value, mm-hmm. that is really tough. But talking about both of those guys, just to, to branch off really quick, I am super excited to watch both Luca and Giannis. I think that Giannis... Ascended to a different level in the uh, the finals, particularly. Mm-hmm. I think he, I think he realized that he's not who he was trying to be, and he really is just a rim-running big guy who sets screens, catches lobs, yeah. and can take you off the dribble and fast on the fast break downhill.
1: Plays within his skill set. It doesn't matter that he's he, phenomenal. Harden uh, thinks that if he was seven feet, he could yeah, do the yeah. same exact thing. But you know, dude, he is. Phenomenal. He's he's I, a really I'm, fun player to watch. I am like a. I actually,
0: this is interesting. Were, were you a Giannis fan before the playoffs? Honestly. I
1: still don't know if I'm the biggest Giannis fan. Just, I mean, I really like him as a player. but And, like, he's a nice guy, too. But yeah. I just, I don't know. No, I, so, that's I,
0: it's interesting because I had the the same talk with my brother and a bunch of his friends. And they were, like, before the playoffs, they were, like, not Giannis guys whatsoever they're like he's not cool like why do you like Giannis I don't like Giannis I think
1: that's the thing people just thought he played boring yeah
0: but I I just thought he was so awesome always I think he's I think it's so cool he kind of reminds me of like even though I, I can't stand the Packers it's why I like really respect Devontae Adams it's like this guy entered the league and was like not good president state at the sport that he plays mm-hmm. and all of a sudden is an elite top tier one of the best best route running
1: wide receiver in the league for sure
0: that's what I'm saying like Devontae Adams was considered a bust for a league, yeah. like a couple of years there uh-huh. and Giannis was just like some skinny like weird scrappy looking you know foreigner yeah a <laughs> yeah. <Some> Greek kid <laughs> yeah I mean did you, have you seen that uh, highlight from his rookie year where he gets fouled and he just runs down the court and just takes the guy out yeah, yeah. His rookie year? it's just like I don't know it's, it's funny to see that he's come so far but and then on Luca's side I mean Luca might be he might be one of the the best, the best players ever in the, in the league he's right the now. I mean, he's he's phenomenal, I think. What he did against the
1: Clippers twice now. Twice is just taking him to that sixth or seventh game. Unreal. Anyways, he just needs some help.
0: That if you had told me that that if you had asked me to make that decision with Total knowledge that it was either Giannis or Luca and seeing all their numbers in front of me, I would have a very hard time it's making that decision. It's tough. It's super tough. Like, even if that wasn't a blind
1: decision. That's so. the thing that you have to balance with if you want more well rounded or, you know. I think yeah. I would take Luca right now and yeah. starting a franchise. Well, what's really weird too, I think, is that, I mean, Giannis has been in the league since 2014. He's like, what, 24? 25 26 maybe which is that's nah, blasphemous that's like starting your peak. yeah that's ridiculous some guys don't get in the league until they're like 22 so which that's rare nowadays but you know with oh chris duarte on the pacers who was drafted out of organs like yeah, 24. 24 that's 24. crazy
0: wait i actually am just uh um curious because i had seen or i listened to i guess a bunch of podcasts where you know there was the whole debate it's like you know Kevin Durant's clearly the best player in the world um you know this guy's a centimeter away from winning the finals like the, the whole thing would have yeah away. this whole thing would have been different with Jan, uh, with Giannis and with Budenholzer he might have been fired you know if if oh, yeah that shot for sure um and now they're they're NBA champions I guess I'm just asking like do you view Giannis as a the best player in the league or b like neck and neck with it because I think that I've heard people say that you have to view Giannis as the best player in the league and I don't know if I can quite commit there I still think it's it's, it's worth talking about I would you know? say neck
1: and neck sorry neck to cut th- you off but like just kind of going off what you're saying like I think there's a lot of players not a lot but like five that could potentially like you know you have like Giannis, Wait, Katie, LeBron, Steph five like, like transcendent kawaii like those players are like you know close to being at the top like those oh, oh yeah you're talking yeah. about the best five players in the yeah league. yeah so and like then i
0: would i would say that uh Jokic and Embiid would fall very close underneath right there. right yeah. so
1: it's it's tough like and i don't say dame, but i'm, oh, a, I'm yeah. a little lower or, on dame than or dame yeah. he's gotta get out of there yeah. but, but anyways continue no yeah I, I completely agree i don't think you can say he's the best i mean he's won it he got his championship which is awesome um, but there's so many other good players in the NBA that I don't think you can just hand it to him for winning one championship.
0: No, I, I agree. But that's why I think it's kind of interesting because it's it's a, uh, it seems like. I, I mean, at least you know, I think it's funny, or ironic in the sense that the Bucks are the defending champions and Giannis, you know, ascended to truly a new level Super as a basketball stardom. player. Uh, as a as a true like superstar mm-hmm. in, in face of a franchise, and still you know the the Nets are obviously the the undeniable favorite in right. terms of betting or favorite to win the the conference. I just think it's funny because it it seems like uh, just you know when when the team wins the championship, it's like you have to get through them, you have to get through you know you have to get through Steph Curry, you have to get through LeBron. Like mm-hmm. it's just funny because it's Giannis hits a new peak, and it's like you have to get through the Nets. Right. It's not, you have to get through the blocks. And, he doesn't get gone. that same type of respect yeah.
1: as the other players have gone.
0: But that's also a con- contextual thing with the teams. Yeah. Oh, for
1: sure. Well, yeah. I mean, because even just really quickly, even in that, that Nets-Bucks uh, series, Harden was dealing with some injuries. Kyrie was out. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's tough. You, can, you can't say what if, you know, but, mm-hmm. you know. But right. what if. <laughs> but what if. Um, all right. So, the next, so I have four totals. So, we did the first one. So Oh, wow. This one, first player, 27 3.7 and 7.2 so that's points assist rebounds yeah and then 26.9 5.6 or 7.1 or and 7.1 so so 27 3.7 7.2 and then the next player 26.9 5.6 and 7.1
0: I take the second player because he's rebounding at the same rate and assisting at a higher rate if I'm just doing it based on those numbers um you said they're what, 20? So it was 26.
1: It's basically 27, 27, because the, the second yeah, player so is 26. It's like 27,
0: 3.5 and, and 7 versus 27, 5 and 7. Yeah, like 27,
1: 3.5 and, and 7 and 27, 5.5 and, and 7. Okay.
0: I'm going to guess that these are both. I'm going to guess that these are either two guards or
1: two guards who have the ball in their hand
0: or these are forwards.
1: So they are forwards. This one I find very interesting because, so the second player, so the one you chose is KD. Okay, I'm pretty you glad had I chose KD. Do you have any Katie. inkling of who the first player would be? It was 23 and a half.
0: So 20, 27, I mean, sorry,
1: 27, three and a half, and, 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 and then half. seven, basically. He's also a forward? Yes, mostly power forward.
0: Mostly power forward? Yes. Anthony Davis?
1: Mm. Uh, Zion Williams. Oh wow, crazy number. That, doesn't,
0: that, that actually doesn't surprise me that I think about it.
1: Really, that kind of surprised me when I saw his stats
0: were just like, well, right up there. When you start think, when you start looking back on last year, and you think when Van Gundy just said screw it, let's run point Zion, mm-hmm. yeah. his, his numbers were insane. Yeah, he's a big guy, hard to stop. That I mean, I that'd be a defensive matchup. I would not want to be guarding him. I think we're going to be talking about the Pelicans quite a bit this season, whether it be for good or for bad. So I'm glad you brought that up. Yeah, uh, they're they're a team to watch, especially if Zion's going to be the the first player to uh, decline the big money and leave his team that, he, that drafted him, which, which I, I don't think he will, because that's a
1: lot of money to walk away from. Just those rumors from last summer, yeah. though, his his uh, family being his upset family, about yeah. it. Yeah, so you know that's coming from him also. Yeah. But I mean. At face value, I'm obviously taking K- Katie. Katie. Yeah. <laughs> you have to. Okay, next next set: 28 and a half, two point eight, and ten and a half, and then twenty four point eight, four and a half, and ten point six. Is so one of those Embiid? One of those is Embiid. I can just tell. Is it Embiid and
0: uh, it's not Jokic because I feel like the assist numbers would be higher. It's not Jokic. Oh, is it was
1: Embiid and AD. Mm-mm. <sighs> All right. Anyways, can, re, sorry, repeat it again. So, so first one was 28.5, 2.8, and 10.5. And, and then 24.8, 4.5, and 10.5. So, exactly the same rebounding numbers. The second player is assisting at a higher rate. Scoring um, four points less. Four points less, yeah.
0: I mean, I'd say the first player, I think the first player is Embiid, too.
1: The first player is Embiid. Yeah. Um, the second player is Carl Anthony Towns. Okay, I mean, obviously, I'm gonna take Embiid over Cat, knowing mm-hmm. like who they are. But uh, that, actually, I mean, I'm pleasantly surprised to hear those are Cat's numbers. I was too when I saw him when I uh, was looking for players to put up against Embiid. Uh, just, uh, I, I didn't. I mean, I guess it's just because the Timberwolves have been so bad for so the long. The you just don't yeah.
0: notice that he's doing that. But, but also, like, I'm a firm believer that if Cat played for any quality organization or team with some limelight mm-hmm. I think he'd be a pretty big name in the NFL oh, NBA without a doubt I, I think Cat, realistically is probably one of the best big man shooters like ever in terms of I mean he legitimately wants to space the floor he's 7 foot 1 which you like never really see right.
1: you know what I mean uh-huh. um, and he can space the floor right um, I just think his problem though is he falls in love with it sometimes. Oh, just totally, similar to Porzingis. Totally. If I'm if I'm paying a center that much money, I don't want him standing
0: around the three point line. Right. Like, I mean, I can get James Harden if I want to yeah. stand around the three point line, but still, I think Cat has a lot of talent that
1: kind of eventually un- in his career will be used in a better way. I was gonna say kind of untapped. Yeah. Just being in Minnesota. All right. So our last set before we get to our final segment. So, the first player, 25.3, 9.4, and 3.9, or 27.4, 4.9, 5.0. Can you repeat the second player's numbers again? Yep. 27.4, 4.9, 5.0. I feel like one of these players is Steph. One of these players is not Steph. Funny enough, I was actually going to use Steph in this comparison with one of the other players, but it was just so obvious because he averaged 32 points. And yeah. it's just like there's only so many people averaging yeah. above 30.
0: That's facts. I should have known that. Um, sorry, repeat them really quickly. No, you're yet. good.
1: So 25 point – this is his first player. 25.3, 9.4, 3.9. And then 27.4, 4.9, 5.0. So player two has like two-point higher scoring average. It's and player A, Trey Young. Player A is Trey Young. I yes. had a
0: feeling, just based off their low rebound numbers. I was trying to think of a guard who, who passes the ball well, who refuses to rebound. Yeah, uh, I'm going to say that the comparison is... I don't know why, I'm just guessing the comparison at this point, because it's kind of funny. But is it Trey Young-Jaw? It is not Jaw. Okay. Uh, I would take the first player anyways, even though now I know it's Trey Young. Even, even with lower scoring and lower rebounding numbers? For the first player, but what, wasn't the assists like, fi- like twice as high? Yeah. I'd probably take that. Who was the second player? Zach, Zach Levine. Wow. That's actually that's, that's actually really surprising to hear those numbers.
1: That's why I put him, too, because I was just kind of trying to think of players that, you know, could match the scoring. But when I say surprising, I would have thought that they would have been not as well-rounded. Just because he's such a scorer? I, like... I,
0: just, when I think of Zach Levine, I think I probably have the... the uh, the issue that a lot of people have and think he's just like a sole, you know, scoring one man. And American, yeah, yeah. I, can I think he's actually him. a pretty good player. I like him a lot. Yeah. I, I think he's like a good him. player. Yeah. And I think the, the balls are going to be fun, but I actually really like that. That was a really fun segment. I'm yeah. surprised that I was able to, you did pretty well. You can identify. Could, yeah. Some that of those was, guys. yeah. <laughs> um, but that actually perfectly translates uh, relates into our last segment that yep. I have for you, which we're going to call the three by three, yep. um, where we're, gonna take turns and we're gonna list three players that we're excited to watch this year um, for any reason mm-hmm. doesn't doesn't just have to be like you know LeBron Anthony Davis and Russell Westbrook right uh, or, and then on top of that we're gonna go back and forth and name three teams we're excited to watch yep. once again can be for any reason it doesn't have to be the same three teams as in like the top powerhouses or like the best players in the league however you want to take it go right ahead and take it but let's start off with three players. Do you want to go one and one and back and forth, or do you want to list your three players and all this my three players?
1: Um, let's just go my three, your three, and we'll bounce like that. Okay. So I stuck with my three, um, my three players. I kind of stuck with a young theme here. Okay, me too. So actually, my I have an honorable mention, which uh, yeah. is uh, Joshua Christopher, just because he played at ASU, so it always makes me more inclined yeah. to see how they're going to do. And also, Jacob. Uh, yeah, of course. And j- I also just put. Most of the rookie class is in that honorable mention as well, just because Mobley, being so thin, I want to see how he's going to match up against some of the bigger guys. I'm excited to see Mobley. And then uh, Davion Mitchell. Oh, I love Davion Mitchell. He was Davion insane Mitchell. in Summer League. I want to see if he can carry it over. I love Davion Mitchell. He's super, super sick. Won the the natty at Baylor. And, but anyway, so my three actual picks are Luca, For obvious reasons, I just kind of wrote that I wanted to see if he could finally make it past the first round of the playoffs. And, I mean... He might even be in the conversation for MVP. Oh, that might? might, He will be. Yeah, he will be. So that's why I want to see how he's going to do. Um, Second player is LaMelo Ball. Got his Puma, his own Puma signature shoe. Um, I want to see if he's going to have a sophomore slump. I don't know. So that's what I'm (laughs) saying. That's what I'm saying. Will he have a sophomore slump? He's got the cash, he's got the shoes now. Yeah. Or will he continue to build on his success from last season um, on a subpar Hornets team? I like that. Um, And then my final one, I said James Wiseman. And I know we've talked about this in the past. Because if he can be the big man that he was in college or was in high school. He's like in college. He was in college for like a week. Like one game. (laughs) Um, But so if he can be the big man that everyone knows he can be, I think he's just that missing puzzle piece to the Warriors team that can just take him over the top.
0: I don't doubt it. Kind of like that... uh, That, like, uh, DeAndre Aiden path. yeah, Where where people kind
1: of stop talking about him for a second. And then he comes out of nowhere and just, yeah. Same pick, two number one picks.
0: So, wait, repeat those three again? So, Luca, LaMelo, and uh, Wiseman. And then the entire rookie class. Well, that was my honorable (laughs) mention, yes. I respect that. Uh, My three, I actually had number one, Donovan Mitchell. Um, Okay. I think you talk about a really embarrassing playoff loss. I think, like, it was pretty despicable how they. How they gave up that uh, Clipper series, specifically that uh, the Terrence Mann
1: the game. Yeah, we, were, lo- watching. we were watching that in Idaho, right? Yeah, we were in Idaho together watching. I mean, you're losing to Terrence Mann, and then you're Paul also George, losing to uh, Reggie Jackson. Reggie Jackson, who, like, two players you should not yeah. be losing the game to in the playoffs. I but. agree.
0: And then on Donovan Mitchell's note, I think it was pretty interesting how they had that. Uh, it's almost like a little bit of a feud between the Jazz and Donovan Mitchell over the medical, uh, I think it was this calf. Uh, in the playoffs oh, yep. where they told him he wasn't ready but mm-hmm. he wanted to play. Interested to see that. Uh, you know, they brought on Dwayne Wade to ownership. It seems like that was a Super move. cool move. Yeah. Love that move. That was a move to, you know, give him his guy and make him feel comfortable. But, you look at Donovan Mitchell, he actually, he had his first season in the regular season over 25 points per game, uh, he only played 53 games uh, but he had 26.4 points per game and then in the playoffs, was 4th in playoff scoring at 32.3 points per game, shot 43.5% from 3 in the playoffs and was 1st in the West yeah, he can score I think also, like, people don't really remember Jazz were amazing in the regular season like oh well they were the first seed in the West exactly they, they won the West by one game over, over uh, the Suns but still I, I'm really excited to see Donovan Mitchell and especially you know it seems like this is I don't want to say make or break but it seems like this is a really important year for the dynamic of that team and the longevity of the dynamic of that team.
1: Completely agree. If they don't win, you gotta move somebody. You gotta maybe move uh, Gobert, or maybe Donovan Mitchell decides he doesn't wanna be there. Yep. You know, So you have to start winning if you're that team. At least making it to like the finals, conference 100%. finals. You know, 100%. My second player is uh, Shy Gildas Alexander. Um, SGA
0: played so well, they made him sit down and fake an injury. Uh, you don't really see that that much. Um, but he actually was just winning games when they were trying to tank um, and that they had to put an end to it he uh finished the season like what 35 games i think he had he played 35 games yeah played 35 games exactly he finished with uh 23.7 points per game about six assists in four and a half rebounds uh all while shooting 42 percent from three and 51 percent from the field altogether i think he is i think he's a phenomenal player i think he's a franchise piece. I all along I thought that the rumors that they were trying to trade him were just. That was BS. weird, right? I that thought was it was BS. Weird. I think he's, I think he's an unreal player. I'm really excited to see SGA's future with the the Thunder and. You know, let's see how uh, him and uh, their their recent draft pick Josh Giddy, can feed off each other because Giddey uh, is flashy with getting the ball out, especially to a, to his shooters. So I'm excited to see that match.
1: I lo- I love SGA. I think just from his personality, just how he dresses, like coming into the games, just, he's so flashy. Yeah. Everyone loves to watch him, and he's a uh, really cool guy. Just kind of off that, really quick, one player that I should have mentioned that I want to see do good is Lou Dort on the same oh, team, dude. also ASU guy, yeah, the- one of the best defenders in the league. The but Dort Chamber. I digress. Yes, the Dortcher Chamber. Yeah, um,
0: but actually, another important thing from SGA that I don't want to brush over that I think is pretty key is uh, you look at his career, his uh, first and second season on the Clipper. Oh no, I'm sorry, his first season on the Clippers and then his second season being last uh, two years ago with the Thunder. He averaged uh, 3.3 assists per game. And he actually jumped that number up to six assists per game in uh, last year in his limited time. I think that's actually a really important uh, sign. I think he's embracing the role of facilitating and you know like being
1: the man. He said he wants to be the Black Steve Nash. So he's by- <laughs> if, you, if you want to be that, you got to pass the ball. That's facts. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm very excited to see SGA. Um,
0: and then my last player, uh, a little hometown uh, DeAndre Ayton. Um, he was the man in the playoffs, undoubtedly. I think, Mm -hmm. like, very quietly was maybe the most important player in their run. Um, Obviously, Chris Paul played out of his mind. I don't mean to take that away. But I think DeAndre Ayton became a different player uh, in the playoffs. And I think it's particularly big because the Suns have the bill coming around, you know, coming around the lap. They just paid Chris Paul, which a lot of people were surprised by. Uh, They're... their owner, uh, is it Sarver, their Mister Sarver or something like that, mm-hmm. uh, has never really paid out of pocket too much for teams. That's kind of like his going knock is that he's kind of cheap. Um, and DeAndre Ayton, of course, has an extension coming up. So the way he played in the playoffs, he deserves the extension. But let's let's see how he follows it up. I'm I'm actually really curious, and I think it's even more. Uh, uh, what's the word? Uh, I guess. Uh, important because I think Aiton might have set the build for some of these young players like James Wiseman or uh, you know other other big guys who maybe just start off their career in a weird situation maybe don't have the confidence maybe don't have the right pieces around them Mm -hmm. and they're really just different players when
1: it all comes together. I think he was a really good pick I think just kind of going back to his his playoff run he won the matchup between Anthony Davis. Although Anthony oh, Davis was hurt. Yeah. And you know, there's you know, some things to be said about that. But like And he played tremendous against he, Jokic. Jokic, locked up Jokic. He had a c didn't he, have, he had a game winner. That that, that dunk against those Clippers, yes. The, the value. So I mean he played insane in the playoffs. So hopefully he can continue it on um and do it in the regular season this upcoming yeah
0: without a doubt, I would love
1: to see it yeah I'm pretty
0: interested to see how the sun shape out, yeah. so that's actually a perfect segue let's let's look at our three teams to watch once again. this can be for any reason, doesn't need to be you know three potential one seeds- you know right whatever yeah. it may
1: be so let's go uh three and three again, all right, so my first one i mean. As Jack and I had alluded to in the past, we both are kind of rooting for the Lakers this year so my first one was the Lakers i'm gonna I'm gonna make a kind of an odd comparison here between these two teams, but I'm almost in comparing them to the bucks of the NFL the Buccaneers oh wow because there's a lot of star pieces like Antonio Brown Brady Fournette who was like a star for a couple years and kind of washed out aging roster um, aging roster so you have like all these past stars you put them on this roster together, and the bucks proved last year that it can work. Mm-hmm. Although they do have some really t- talented young pieces like Devin White. But um, that's just kind of my comparison. You have all these old, st- talented star guys. You put them on the same team. Um, like, so on the Lakers roster, there's six basically surefire Hall of Famers. So would that make, Wa- would that make THT Scotty Miller? <laughs> just, just kind of a, a filler yeah. guy you throw do some homegrown some yeah. homegrown sorry continue no you're good, you're good. but just the, so they have six Hall of Famers basically Carmelo LeBron um Rondo Howard Russ Russ and AD. AD yeah which insane but stuff like this has been done before in the NBA if you think about an old Lakers roster when they had Kobe Shaq uh, why can oh George Payton uh, uh not wait hold on. Gary Payton, you I mean? Saw, saw, and George then, uh, Payton, Karl Malone, well. yeah, those Gary four, Payton, Carl Malone, I'm stupid. Which uh, insane yeah. roster didn't work? They ended up losing. I think, or no, they won a they won a finals together. I'm pretty sure. Yes, but they that was also when
0: everything went
1: to actually out, right? Carl Malone never won a finals.
0: No. Yeah. Yeah. yeah so right. I guess. No. Yeah. Sorry. We're all, we're we're all, over all place, mixed up. We're all mixed but up. But that was the Pistons year, right? Yeah. 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 So,
1: but I mean, the questions are obvious. Our, sorry, our, guys. We were three when this happened. <laughs> <so>. <laughs> yeah, we're just just talking out of our you know. But uh, so the obvious questions are age. They're the oldest team um, in the NBA with an average age of 31. So if they won the chip, they'd be the oldest ever to win an NBA championship. And they also still have this question that's looming around about a lack of shooting. Um, I don't feed into that. They didn't. Either one. Well, I mean, just just to kind of just, I don't really either, but just to kind of look at it, they didn't really address that issue. They brought in Melo, older, brought in like Ariza, who's older, Wayne Ellington, older. Um, But then I really, really like their pickups of um, Malik Monk. Just young, like third or fourth year in the league. Uh, and then also Kendrick Nunn. I, I love the, that pickup.
0: I actually was very, very surprised to see Malink Monk uh, get signed for that contract oh. there. I think that's minimal That, that cash, could be right? one of the biggest steals. steals the yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, I, I totally agree. I think the, the Lakers are undoubtedly... if i had to name a favorite in the west i would say the lakers yeah
1: um yeah continue well well, i was just gonna say we'll see how that age if the injuries start to pile up we'll see how that plays out um but it should be good having a player like russ on the team where a a older player like lebron can you know rest a game or two if he needs it so and russ can bring the ball up and work with ad and you know so i think overall it's going to work out for them yeah. Um, we'll just see how the age, if it catches up to him or not. Yeah.
0: All I will say on that front with respect to the Lakers is uh, there's, there's been a lot of talk about like the fix of, uh, or the, I guess more the uh, fit of uh, Russ and LeBron and how Russ almost embodies like everything LeBron doesn't like around him. I think like this is one of those situations where you're thinking too hard when you look at it. You got to realize like this is Russell Westbrook, LeBron James, and Anthony Davis, Um I think they're going to be fine figuring out who has the ball where and what. I think Russell Westbrook understands that LeBron James is LeBron James. And he's not going to be, you know, like, beefing with him for the the rock at the end. Because that's not... I don't think Russ is in that point of his career anymore. Well, and they've already had that conversation before. They even traded Russ. They had to talk about that. Um, Yeah, I I wouldn't... I I think that the same people who were clowning on the move are going to be... uh,
1: Really? Reposting <laughs> yeah. the highlights of uh, LeBron and Russ running in transition together because that's going to be something special. Well, it's kind of funny because the same play, same people that are compla- like being like, oh, you guys are too old. Oh, Russ and LeBron aren't going to work. As soon as it starts to work, if it does, hypothetically, they're going to be like, oh, this team is completely unfair. Oh, like, Why did we overthink this? LeBron yeah. needs so much help, blah, 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 blah. You know how it goes. Anyways, continue, so, continue. continue with your second team. So my second team I put down is the Warriors. So just kind of building off of my Wiseman thing, I think the Splash Brothers are going to reunite at some point in the season. It's going to be a little later, probably around December-ish. But mm-hmm. just getting Clay back on the court, he I think people forget how good Clay Thompson is. Couldn't agree Like more. the game, he scored 60 points and he only took like what? 11 dribbles. 11 dribbles. That thing, is that the thing? Yeah, something like that. Like that's absolutely ridiculous. So if you pair him with Steph, and you know they work well together. They've mm-hmm. won three chips together yep. and whatnot. But I'm actually going to... De- I'm going to jump off of that because the
0: Warriors were one of my teams. So Go I guess it, yeah, I'll only yeah. list two when it's my turn. But uh, to add on to that, I thought that the additions of Kaminga and Moses Moody were very underappreciated. I was kind of mm-hmm. was kind of confused because it was like... There was the questions with Kaminga. I know everyone was all over the place. At one time, he was the consensus number one pick, like two years out or a year and a half out. Right. And then it was like, is he even going to be in the top eight? Um, tremendous athlete. They have two... Actually, this is the first time I can think of in the Warriors stretch of being, you know, a, a dominant team in the league that they've really had young depth. Mm-hmm. I can't really remember a time where the roster has been this deep.
1: Um Well, it's interesting you say that too is because I one of my points that I had under the Warriors is how are they going to phase are they going to phase players like Kuminga and Moody in and then phase players like uh, Jordan Poole out? How are they going to decide what to do in that situation because like you said they have a lot of young guys on that team. I'm talking it's funny you mentioned Jordan Poole. Jordan Poole was awesome in their run last year. I know at the end. I know coming up. I mean, obviously they were eliminated, but I mean, had played good up until that point yeah. though. It was just like worrisome for him since they just got these two new rookies in. So I, I I totally
0: agree with you. I'm actually very excited to watch the Warriors. I I wouldn't I wouldn't second guess this one. I mean, Steph was undoubtedly one of the best players in the league last year. He was unstoppable. My only concern and criticism for Steph Curry is. Towards the end of the season last year, specifically in those uh, play games, I was wondering why he wasn't taking the last shots for like, game-winning opportunities. He, he passed it to Draymond on that Lakers game, and Draymond like, airballs a, a floater. Well, that was the
1: Memphis game I think you're thinking of. I
0: thought it was the Lakers game where, where Draymond had the opportunity to win, and then they went to overtime
1: and got... I think that was the, the Memphis game, if I'm remembering correct, okay. because okay. that was the game that John Morant went... Absolutely oh, berserk.
0: He put himself on the map in the in the, the elimination and uh, first round. But either in, way, anyways, either way. I, I thought I, I was confused because it seemed like there was three opportunities at the end of the season where Steph Curry should have taken a uh, last shot, and he passed it off.
1: Do you think that 2019 didn't he miss a buzzer beater 2019 versus the Raptors oh, in that finals? Right, Do you yeah. think that's just like in the back of his head now? <laughs> no, no, <laughs> he doesn't really have that clutching though. Know, if we're gonna be all serious, like he really hasn't hit. Like you can pull a few, but. He hasn't have like a huge resume of clutch shots. Like his percentage isn't at a high clip. I'm still taking. I love. Oh, Steph. oh yeah. Well, yeah, you're yeah, taking yeah. him over anyone else yeah, on yeah. that team. 100%. No, but I, I know what you mean. I know what yeah. you mean.
0: I, I just think of when Steph pulled up on the Thunder from like basically half court. That is the exact shot I was thinking of, and I was just like, I, I'm sorry, this that guy's was, brutal. Yeah, this guy's different. Mm-hmm. Um. Anyways, that our little Warrior spiel. I'm very excited
1: to watch them. Who's your then, uh, third team? Final team is the Heat. I was I was thinking about them. So you know the obvious point to make is Lowry's on the team, uh, Kyle Lowry for the first year, just coming out of the Raptors or coming off of the Raptors, uh,
0: which is crazy because DeRozan and Lowry, man, that was like that was like our, our high school, middle school; yeah. those were the guys in Toronto.
1: <laughs> and now it's just completely gone. Yeah. Um, but so the question is in my mind that I'm excited to see is how will he mesh with Jimmy? Jimmy seems to be pretty ball-dominant, pretty um, aggressive in a sense that he kind of uh, directs everything on the court, you know. He's just mm-hmm. kind of that guy for them. And I just want to know also, if with their current roster, if they'll really be able to compete with teams like the Bucks or Nets.
0: I was just going to say, I mean, the, the biggest question I had over the offseason is, even after adding Kyle Lowry, does that guarantee that they're a top three team in the East?
1: I don't know. I, I mean, you maybe got, third. I can't really think of another team that would take that spot from them. Maybe Philly. Philly, I guess. Hawks. Hawks are just so young, though. And yes, they they're made good, a huge though. push they're last good. year. They're good, but like, they're a good team. I just don't think they're they'd deep. be able to overcome that. experience. I get it. No, had. I get it. I just think like that's personal.
0: That's a tough—I don't know. That was just my biggest question, personally. I I don't know if adding Kyle Lowry solidified that they're the third best team in in the—
1: I don't think he does. I think he's good. I don't think he's
0: that good. I mean, the Sixers are
1: a huge question mark, Mm -hmm. but— Oh, with Simmons. I mean, he's not even going to report. Yeah, they don't know what they're going to do with him yet. No one wants him. Yeah, well, I'm sure we'll be talking
0: quite a bit about Ben Simmons and the Sixers in our upcoming episodes. Mm -hmm. But was that your last team? That was my last team, yep. Okay. So Lakers, Warriors, Heat perfect okay so i actually also had warriors so i'm just gonna go with two and my two uh would be first would be mavericks um like we said earlier uh luca this is his second year where he's almost beaten the clippers single-handedly uh i mean he had the clippers on the ropes and uh he got pretty he was pretty bruised up in that series when they started losing when they're he had like the neck issue right
1: yeah well in in that first series last year which actually wasn't even a whole year ago at this point which is crazy Um, the bubble, the bubble season. But uh, that first one, that first run, Porzingis was out hurt, and I really do think if he was in there that that series, they would have won. But last year, this past um, playoff series, he just kind of took the flow out of the game. Yeah. Porzingis did so, and and that was part of what I was
0: gonna say. I mean, I think it, it seems like a, a a pointless conversation to have in terms of like you know when are we getting Porzingis back or Porzingis bounce back a year. It seems like that ship has sailed. But I will say, like, I think that there I think that there's a version of this season where Kristaps, or, or KP, I don't even want to say Kristaps, that's it's too much. It's too hard. <laughs> uh, where uh, KP is actually more uh, valuable, I guess, than he was in, in previous years. You better be you better start getting in that paint. I, the thing about I'm not I'm not gonna have the KP is still promising conversation because it's it's just pointless like I said, but he's so young, bro. He, like hes it's, That's what
1: I was saying about Giannis earlier. Really. It's just crazy that like, some of these guys have been watching for like six years. It's insane. This is like 23, 24. And as we mentioned earlier, I love the Reggie Bullock signing.
0: I think that'll be awesome to get some shooters on the floor, uh, spread the floor out a little bit. Um, like I said, the Josh Richardson. I mean, I don't understand why they moved off Curry in the first place. Seth Curry for Josh Richardson. I yeah. thought that was one of the worst trades of last offseason. Um, I really do like the deal they brought Tim Hardaway back on. I really like Tim Hardaway. Um, so... I'm excited for that. Yep. So the Mavericks are definitely one of my teams. I think that, especially when you look at the West, and you start thinking, like, Clippers, is this kind of just like a... Is a it phasing
1: is, out this year?
0: Is it a transition year in, tor- in terms of, like, you know, no Kawhi? Like, right. Honestly, I have no idea what's going to happen with the Clippers. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't even know how to analyze that. Same with the Nuggets. You know, how are they going to look without Jamal Murray? Are they going to actually be a serious team, and then Jamal Murray's coming back, and they're like... A really good team you know what i mean yeah so i actually think the west is pretty solidly open i would say that you look at the lakers obviously the suns and uh then you start looking around i mean jazz are going to win their regular season games but does anyone really trust them in the playoffs i don't know and then you look at the mavericks and at, at least you know i mean obviously the warriors we just talked about right. but then you look at the mavericks it's one of the only teams with true experience that have, mm. have you know what I mean have been in these I'm situations past and, two years,
1: yeah, or past a year, pretty much.
0: So I'm ex- I'm excited for the uh, the Mavericks, and I- honestly, really excited for the Western Conference. I think it's going to be the uh, the more uh, exciting conference to keep up with. I completely agree, and that, I
1: mean that's kind of been the case for the past what
0: ten, yeah. 10 years at this point. Well, I mean, LeBron ruined the Eastern Conference for the time he was there. Like, <laughs> yeah.
1: All right, so it's the Western Conference versus LeBron. Yeah, pretty <laughs> much, yeah. I mean, even like that first seed Hawks team, when they took yeah, uh, they they sucked. four games yeah, they straight sucked. through them.
0: They sucked compared to Toronto. Yeah.
1: Four games straight <laughs> through them, Lebronto.
0: It's kind of funny, out of out of all the teams, the uh, the real team to give them trouble was the, those old Pacers teams. Oh, I know, it was Paul George. Yeah, and Lance That's Stevenson cool. just
1: blowing yeah. in his ear. It makes no sense. Uh, who was
0: the, the old Pacers player, too, that played with... Danny
1: Granger. Danny Granger. Just
0: yep. popping three. Danny Granger. Yeah. And then, okay, my last team. Let's hear it. Who I think... Uh, I, th- I would imagine that a lot of NBA fans are really excited to watch him this year. I don't know if I have high hopes for them playoff-wise, but it would be the Chicago Bulls. Um, mm-hmm. I was really excited. Well, actually, I take that back. I was really worried when they traded for uh, Vucevic last year,
1: uh-huh. dipped on their
0: first-round pick, and then didn't make the playoffs. Right. I was like, okay. This that's not good.
1: And he had like Wendell Carter Jr. Only had like a year to develop it, if that because he was hurt. I know he missed some time. So
0: I thought that was a questionable move at first. Um, they followed it up by adding Lonzo Ball, which I thought was an awesome addition for that team. And then DeMar DeRozan. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that offensively, they will not have problems with a lot of teams. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be able to score at the rate of a lot of great teams in the NBA uh, or at the same rate, I should say. Um, I would say that their question will be defense. Uh, I like Lonzo ball perimeter wise. Good defender, yeah. Um I think Levine can get better, but I would say Levine, when you think of Levine, that's, Mostly that's your offense. Yeah, That's your offensive threat. Yeah. Um Damar, I don't you know, Mid range game. Would, exactly. And I don't think Vucevic is, you know, that great of a rib protector by any means. Yeah, he's not gonna stop and be Yeah, exactly. It, or, yeah. or or even like your more athletic forwards bearing right. down the lane. Uh-huh. So I'm v- I think the Bulls will be a very fun team to turn on league pass and watch on a oh, consistent yeah. basis mm-hmm. just because of that, you know, the names on the team. And I actually love watching Alonzo Ball. Like, he's, I think he's so fun to watch. Well, yeah, he's
1: been getting better, too. He's yeah. been trending upwards, and that's why he was so sought after this offseason. Oh, I think, like, also, when you think of Alonzo,
0: doesn't Lonzo just seem like the most fun guy ever to run pickup with?
1: Oh, yeah, because he's just so versatile in the way he passes the ball. He he's, just- like... He's a big guard, yeah. too, so he'll get boards. Exactly. Like, you know, lock exactly. up. Yeah, he pretty much does it all. So it'd be really fun if you were Zach Levine in this case. Yeah. Run down the wing. He'll hit you with a pass. You just shoot all the game long. Obviously, Lonzo's going to shoot as well, but you'd have a lot of opportunities. 100%. I agree. And... uh That was actually
0: all we had planned for today, but I actually want to do a little spontaneous exercise for Sam and put him on the spot Uh -uh. since he put me on the spot. Uh -uh. And I actually – I'm going to pull up right here. I have it in front of us. Okay, let's see it. We have the Eastern Conference in front of us right now, and I want you right now, and I'll obviously be able to – we can talk about it, Mm -hmm. but let's say Eastern Conference. Right now, without a minute played in the NBA this season, who's your six playoff teams – and who's your four playing teams?
1: Oh, that's that's tough. Okay, well you obviously and these aren't in any order, I'm just putting them just in a category. Say six playoffs okay. and, and say who they are and then
0: uh, sorry, I'll get back to that screen. No, you're good. Um I just wanna write this down.
1: So let me just count on my fingers here. So six playoff teams. Okay, so you obviously have the Nets and the Bucks. I think the Heat are in there also um i would agree 100 net bucks heat i mean this feels like a trap but i want to put the celtics in there the okay. celtics Ooh, are a weird team that's to a me. tough one celtics are a very weird would team you put the me.
0: celtics in there over the hawks as a sh-
1: well i'm also going to put the hawks in there okay. so so let me just get this down so you have right yeah you so i have, have the bucks the nets the bucks the nets the heat the heat the celtics and the hawks
0: that's all surefire.
1: Yes. Okay, so you have one oh, more team. Oh, the Sixers, too. I have to put the Sixers in there. So are those your six? Yeah, those okay. will be my six. I think the Pacers just barely miss it. Well, you can, um, you can do four. So, oh, that's so right. Six okay. playoff teams, that's four right. playing yeah. teams. So Bulls a playing team. Pacers a playing team. Knicks a playing team.
0: I like that. Crazy, and they had the four seed this past
1: year. I'll say Hornets are a playing team.
0: I would love to watch that.
1: Those That would be my 10. So who do I leave out? Cavs are left out. Pistons are left out, which those two make sense to me. Magic are left out, which that makes sense too. And then the Wizards and the Raptors are left out, those five, which makes complete sense. I think all those are like bottom tier teams in the league for this upcoming season. I might surprise you by
0: saying part of me – Part of me sees the Wizards finding a 10th or 9th spot.
1: I could see it. They have a lot of young players on that team, but I just think... Oh, and they ha- also added Spencer Dinwiddie, which mm-hmm. is a huge veteran they're presence. They're certainly a deeper team.
0: They're obviously not going to be... They as, don't have rest yeah, though. There's... They're obviously not going to be as explosive or even maybe even as good. was just um, carrying
1: that team, so just, yeah. it's, you know...
0: I would agree. But I, that, that's, I could see that's my only uh, point where I would say... Um, also, if I were to look at this, part, part of me can see... You know, I, I really don't know, but part of me could see the Celtics being a play-in team. I could
1: definitely see that. They're always a, such a weird team. Yeah,
0: I, I also just am kind of confused with what's going on over there. You yeah, know what I mean? With the
1: head coach becoming the GM. And yeah, and then they
0: hired the, um, I forget the name of the guy they hired, but who by all accounts is supposed to be a pretty uh, appealing candidate. But
1: Just odd. Yeah, I think they
0: just have had a, la- a really odd uh, last 12 months, considering they were in, what, three Eastern Conference Finals in four years.
1: Yeah, pretty insane. Yeah, that is pretty insane. That's nothing to show for it. Yet, nothing to show for it. Almost twenty eighteen, they almost went with that young group, but mm-hmm. but now let's look at the West. Let's do the same thing. Okay, boy, I think the West is going to be tougher. The West will be tougher. Okay, so I'm just gonna I'm looking at the bottom right now. So let's Jazz, go to Surefire, yeah. Jazz are in there. Suns are in there. Lakers, Clippers are. You getting, think Clippers are for sure? Yeah. Okay. I mean you have Kawhi, I don't mm-hmm. think that's gonna
0: dubs? Oh
1: bro. This
0: is where it gets tough, these So like, I get
1: five, right? Five or six. You get six for sure, okay. four playing. So I said
0: jazz. You have Jazz, Suns, Lakers, Clippers. Dude. I think it's I think if I were to pick right now, it would be I'm gonna t- for my last two it'd be Mavericks Warriors.
1: I was gonna say Mavs and Nuggets. And then I think the Warriors might struggle a little bit while they're waiting for Clay to come back, but as soon as they hit him, they're going to catch fire. So you think play in? Like maybe a seven seed? Yeah, they'll be the okay. play in. They'll probably be the first team to play in. And then, so I get four of those. Yeah, so you have Warriors. So I have more. Warriors, throw Pelicans into the play in.
0: I would like to see them play, in. play there.
1: Um, throw Trailblazers, obviously, into the play in. Okay, I like that. And then my last one, throw the Thunder in there.
0: Ooh, I would love to see that. Oh, but then there's
1: the Grizzlies, too. But the Grizzlies took three steps back. The West is just so difficult, though, Mm -hmm. because there's so many good players that are on, like, eh, teams. Like, obviously, the Rockets aren't going to do anything. And, like, the Kings probably won't do anything. The Spurs probably won't do anything. But then those are the only three teams that you can, like, for sure say, like, yeah, they'll probably be at the bottom, too. But that's just mine. I guess I'll just have to stick with that, just because if I overthink it, it might complicate it way too much. Yeah, I like that. 100%. 100%. Well, I guess that's a wrap. To, to, uh, to sum wrap. it up,
0: we have uh, East, Bucks, Nets, Heat, Celtics, Hawks, Sixers. Four plan teams will be the Bulls, Pacers, Knicks, Hornets. Uh, for the West, we have uh, Jazz, Suns, Lakers, Clippers, Mavericks, Nuggets. And for the plan, we have Warriors, Pelicans, Trailblazers, and Thunder.
1: We'll see how uh, accurate those end up being at the uh, end of all this, but. Um... All in all, I like that. I think that's pretty quality. Yeah, well, this was a really long episode, guys, so (laughs) thank you. for If if you're still listening, thank you very much for listening. We appreciate you, and uh, we'll catch you next time. We'll catch you next time. We have uh,
0: two big weeks for both of us. We both play two unreal competition.
1: Lions, Rams. Well... Yours is a lot more real than mine is, except we still might lose. So, <laughs> I was making it a relative
0: competition thing, but yeah. anyways, thank you for listening. We look forward to speaking with you uh, next week. We'll obviously be recapping uh, week week of the NFL season, looking ahead to week five, uh, making fun of a couple teams, hopefully not our own. And, uh, we'll probably talk some more hoops. We're going to, we're going to phase hoops in, in the next uh, couple episodes. And, uh, before we know it, we're going to be running both leads at the yep. same time. Got to do it. We might Got have to keep a, up with it. We might have two weeks. So, stay tuned. <laughs> thank you.